Oi, Brendan, get in here. Yeah, I'm coming. No, hurry up. I want to record. Yeah, okay. What? Whoa! Jesus what? Christ, why are you naked? Sidekick's first birthday. Doesn't mean you have to be in your birthday suit. Says you. Dude, did you stop and think we're recording on the coldest day in Brisbane since 1911? And? Dude, look down. Ah! Shrinkage! <laughs> Welcome to Geekspeak Sidekick, your companion to Australia's number one and award-winning geek pop culture podcast and web series, Geekspeak Live. I'm your host, the geek of all trades, Steve Muller. And I'm Geekspeak's boy wonder, Brendan. And boy, is it freaking cold this morning. It is. It's also really good to be back. Oh, it is. We've we've taken a few weeks break. We have. We've been working on a few little things. We actually have. But jeebus, I am freaking cold. It is a bit chilly. Literally the coldest day in a hundred years. Yeah, for Brisbane. For Brisbane, worse out other places. I've seen photos of places where ice is forming on trees. Like yeah. it is literally fallen to the ground and formed icicles. Yeah, and just women are walking around singing "Let It Go." <laughs> Not just women, me too. Yeah, <laughs> let it go, let it go. Can we please? But yes, <laughs> you want. Uh, I am not giving up on Frozen. I don't care how much you say. No, I like the movie. I love the movie. I'm just fucking over that song. It's so overrated. There are so many better songs in that movie, but we're not getting into that. No, like I said, we have taken a few weeks break. Uh, We were working on a few little things. A few things have happened. Do we say little things or big things? Big things. Big things. Yes, big changes ahead for Geekspeak Sidekick because... I'm leaving. What? <laughs> no. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Geekspeak Sidekick with your host, Steve. That's it. <laughs> no, that is not happening. What is happening is uh, we had our first birthday the other day. We did. It's been one year since our first show went live. Yep. July 8th, the very first issue of Geekspeak Sidekick went up. Mm-hmm. And, and that was so with- did we. <laughs> <laughs> and how fast did we get that together too? Uh, well, I, I posted it on, on my personal Facebook page. Mm. We met up on a when was it? A Friday. We it was met a, up Friday. On a Friday yep. afternoon. Little bit of history for the listeners who haven't been with us from the very beginning. At the time, uh, the boys from Geek Speak Live, Todd and Wade, mm-hmm. they were on a break because yeah, Wade, Wade was, was overseas, overseas. Mm-hmm. and. So the podcasts weren't going up. We wanted to do a bit more to help out. Well, we wanted to be a bit more involved anyway because mm. they're up in Toowoomba. We're down in Brisbane. And even though it's not that far away, it still makes it hard for us to be on you know, the podcast every week or yeah. even every second or third week. It was really difficult because we've got work and life commitments down here. That it would make it hard to get up there after work on a Friday night, yeah. record with them, come back. Mm. It, it, was, it was a lot of effort. Yeah. And so we wanted to do more. And so you and I started kicking around ideas for, yeah. well, what can we do to to be more involved? Yeah. And what was it? It was a Friday. Yeah, and we were sort of chatting and we came up with the idea of doing a little companion podcast. It actually started with the name Geek Speak Extra. Yep. Um, and then we recorded it. This was on the Friday. We had a further discussion and, and got the blessing from Todd on the Saturday and message Wade as well, yeah. you know, got the blessing from the founders and yep. co-creators to, yeah, yeah, go for it. We recorded on the Sunday. Yep. And it went live on the Monday. Damn. <laughs> was it the Monday? I thought it went up on the Sunday. I think it was the Monday. But, you know, almost a 20, not 20, almost a 48-hour 48 turnaround, hour turnaround from 
conception. Hey, how about we do something like this to It's Up There? Yeah. And back then, they were only like 20, yeah. 22 minute issues. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> haven't we stretched that out a bit in the year since? Well, speaking of which, this one's going to be a giant size. This is going to be a giant size. We've done giant size before. Mm-hmm. What's different about this one is because we have taken a bit of a break and, you know, this is our first birthday special. And Todd and Wade are currently on a break. Yes, because Todd's gone over to Europe for He's a few weeks. He's currently in Singapore, I believe. Yeah, he was at Changi Airport this morning doing mm-hmm. his layover before he gets over to Europe. But uh, we've done the... Uh, giant size before Yes But what we've always done Is we've split it We have In two mm-hmm. So over the course of a week We've put up the two parts You know a part one part two We're not doing that this time Nope Nope We're going to chuck up The entire giant size thing In one hit Because I can strap tell you in, now There on, is something I want to talk to about That'll be the size of an issue itself Well yeah We'll get to that But uh, yeah It's going to be a long one So stick yeah. with us Yes yeah, Strap <laughs> yourselves in um, but a few other things in the works. Mm-hmm. As I said, you know, it is the first birthday. And we've grown a lot in that 12 we months. We have. Like I said, even just starting with 22-minute issues, mm-hmm. how how much longer they've become, how much more content we have, how we keep striving to make this better and better and each time. formats a couple of times. Yep. We, um, we've got a few things in the works. Mm. I, I, should we announce this? You can. Well, you take the lead? Uh, I'll take the lead on this. Geekspeak Sidekick is actually moving... To a new home. Its own home. Its own home. We have grown so much, the servers cannot take the load anymore. No. Because we've always uploaded to the Geekspeak Live uh, podcast account. Yeah. Uh, Geekspeak.podbean.com. Mm-hmm. And that, in turn, is on iTunes under Geekspeak Live. Yep. It's growing so much, we can't handle the bandwidth. No. So we've got a new home at sidekick.podbean.com. And you can also find it on iTunes if you just search Geekspeak Sidekick. Yeah. It is its own podcast channel now. And we also thought that would also make it easier for listeners to find. Yeah, because when you do search on particularly iTunes, if you search for Geekspeak Sidekick, the episodes or the yeah. issues will come up. But the Geekspeak Live photo and all the information. Yeah, it's, it's that all that in that account. Up. And so yeah. you've got to trawl through it trying to find the particular issue you want. Mm-hmm. This way, it's all going to be in the one place. Now, right now, the first 30 issues are up. Mm -hmm. From the 1st of August, sidekick.podbean.com and Geekspeak Sidekick on iTunes will be the sole home of Geekspeak Sidekick. Yes. For the next few weeks, we're still going to put it up on the live account. Give a transition period. Yeah, transition period, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Give people time to get used to, okay, this is where it's going to be found now. We're going to keep reminding you. Yep. But only the first 30 are up. That's all I've been able to get up so far. It is a There is a lot of work involved in getting them all changed over and yeah. uploaded and all that sort of stuff. So from the 1st of August, the rest of the issues from mm-hmm. issue 30 until now yep. will be available on there as well as anything new we do. Yeah, anything in the future, that'll be where you'll find it. Will only be found on sidekick.podbean.com and Geekspeak Sidekick on iTunes. Yes. Now, you kept mentioning the first 30 issues are up on that new site now. Mm -hmm. Issue 30. Issue 30 was the one we submitted for the Geeky Awards. Mm -hmm. Now, Geeky Awards have been announced. They are happening, I think it's October. Not October, August mm-hmm. 17, I believe. We will know in a few days, 
July 14. That's our time? July 14, American time. So, so it'll probably... Time. July 15, our time. So Tuesday, we will know if we are nominated for Best Podcast. Yep. So fingers crossed, listeners. Both Sidekick and Geekspeak Live have been submitted. Yes, we have. Now we're just waiting to see... If, if we've we, been nominated for Best Podcast, and fingers cut. crossed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I Don't can't. cross the streams, though. <laughs> <laughs> it be very bad. <laughs> Coming back to a conversation your wife was saying earlier, but I'm going to leave that one. <laughs> uh, other little things in the works. We've been, um, uh, you know, conspiring and uh, tinkering away in the back shed, working on things. <laughs> yes, we have. I'll give Just it like a li- Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> except, there'll be more on that later. Except we can act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, harsh words, mm-hmm. but no, there'll be more on that later. Keep going. A <laughs> uh, little bit of a tease. Sidekick one shot. Yes. What do you think I'm talking about here, Brendan? Well, I know because we've discussed it. <laughs> Um, we're looking at possibly doing, um, again, these will be longer podcasts, Yep. but since we'll have our own account, we'll have the bandwidth to do it. We've talked about doing it for ages. Actually, back in the day before Sidekick even existed, yep. I talked about doing this with Geek Speak Live, mm-hmm. is doing some audio commentaries for our favourite geeky films. Uh, now, see, you've gone off on a bit of a tangent, because mm. that's not the one shots I'm thinking of. No. That is something we have discussed, and we do want to do. We want to try all the different things. Yes, I do Sidekick, one shots. Sidekick yes. one shot are going to be special issues about one particular topic. Yeah. Think along the lines of what we've been doing in the regular podcast with uh, Turtle Talk. Yep. How it's just an entire segment dedicated to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Sidekick one shots will be an entire podcast on a particular topic. Yes. So we might do sidekick one shot Batman. Yep. And oh, we can will just oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it now. Actually, can everyone be that? Because I fucking love it. Who are you, Kevin Smith? Yep. Uh, so yeah, the entire podcast would be just us talking about anything and everything Batman. Yep. Uh, we might do Transformers, Disney films. Uh, we could even do Ninja Turtles, despite all the turtle talk. <laughs> yeah. Just things not only we love, but other people love. Like, I would love to do one on particular video games, but I'm going to need you to play them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Struggle. Yep. I think I'm going to have to bring in a, a special guest or something you, for, you, you for them. You could. But it will basically be, yeah, entire podcast on just a particular topic. Mm. So those are in the works. Once sidekick.podbean.com is the sole home of Geekspeak Sidekick podcast, yes, that is when we'll start getting these things up as well. We've got a lot of things in the works to make Sidekick as big and better as best as possible. I was going to say, in keeping with the whole Transformers sort of throwbacks, mm. uh, we've also improved our technology. Oh, yes. Uh, which in the future will make it... We will actually be able to now have guests on the show. Yes, where I've, um, again, been working away at, again, how to make this bigger and better, mm-hmm. and we want to bring in guests. Yes. Uh, we want to bring in other Geekspeak members. We can. Uh, if they're in town, we'll mm-hmm. bring them into the podcast. We'll even be able to bring in possibly, you know, national and even international yeah, we have the, uh, guests. You know, we have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> we can rebuild him. We can make it better. We have the technology. And we literally do have the technology now to do that. So these are little ideas that we have moving forward that we want to put into action. And if we can't give a time frame for everything, but they're things that we want to do. Yeah, and because, you and know, we we're now. wanting to do this because a year on, 
Yeah, how much sidekick has grown? Where else can we go? We can only go further and forward. Well, you know, 12 months ago, we were sitting here with one little computer microphone. <laughs> we were both talking into the same mic. Literally, the yeah, very first issue of Geek Speak Sidekick was on my laptop with a USB condenser mic. Yeah. And I can tell you now that it's definitely not the setup no, we, we have, have a anymore. We have mixing desk and a bloody... It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what any of it does. <laughs> yeah. I actually asked you before. I was like, I'm going to go to the toilet. Can you set up the gear for me? And I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have even been able to set it up if it was just... Just the condenser mic and the computer. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so see, listeners, this is how much I do for the podcast. Yep. Brendan, what do you do? I'm the talent. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Yep. Uh, but I think it's time to move off uh, the birthday mm-hmm. talk. And all the announcements. Let's stop talking about ourselves and talk about... What's been happening? What has been happening, Brendan? Shitloads, because we haven't recorded for thirty. <laughs> we haven't recorded for three weeks. <laughs> well, how about you take the lead? Where do you want to start? Let's start with some uh, TV casting for the upcoming DC TV show. I suppose we usually do get a bit of the TV casting out of the way first. So, what have you got for me? Okay, um, a lot has happened in terms of the. Can we call it the Arrowverse? Because I guess that brings in Arrow and Flash. Yeah, yeah, Arrow's I suppose. Sort of your starting point. Yeah, let's call it the Arrowverse. Okay, so we've got Devin Aoki. She has been cast in Arrow. Yeah, now she was from. Uh, main thing I remember her from was Fast and the Furious Two. Oh, okay. She has been cast as Katana. Actually, I'm pretty sure she's in Sin City as well. She may be. She's one of the um, prostitutes. Okay. Uh, yes, you said she's been cast as... Katana. Yeah. Mm. Not, not a character I especially like. I've never yeah. really had an affinity to her. I liked her portrayal in the Beware the Batman cartoon. Yeah, see, I don't think I saw her in that. I may have seen her when she first appeared, and yeah, that was it. And I thought, it like I, did. I thought she was going to be Robin. She kind of is. Yeah. Or was. Uh, I read a bit of her in the new Justice League of America comic uh, from the new 52, but yeah, just never, she never really interested me. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I guess maybe kind of spoilerish, but it's just like where season two ended and where we know Ollie's going to be, you know, in terms of flashbacks and things in season three, not surprising this character's been cast at all. Yeah. We also have another Amel that is joining the ranks. Uh, now, this Arrowverse. is Robbie Amell, who was in this show that I started watching, The Tomorrow People. And was also in some really bad straight-to-DVD Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, really? He played Fred. Oh, no way. With dark hair, but he was Fred. <laughs> oh, that does not work. Nope. Uh, but no, he was in Tomorrow People as the pretty much the lead character. Had the pe- we, we spoke about it in the issue did, of Geek's yeah. Sidekick. I think I ended up only watching probably seven or eight episodes. It's been cancelled anyway. Yeah, it just, well, which goes to show why he's been cast in this, like yep. why he's able to be cast in Sticking this. Sticking with the CW, though. Yeah, because it was airing before Arrow, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, over in America and Canada, they were calling it the ML Hour. Oh, really? Yeah, because you had Tomorrow People and then Arrow straight after it. Look, it, Tomorrow People started off well, and then it just kind of got, yeah, and... I, I I just stopped. See, I've never I, I never watched it, so I've never seen Robbie in anything. But all I know is you can tell they're related. Yeah, I mean they're cousins, but they look very much alike. Yep. So I don't know if that's going to be addressed <laughs> because they they pretty they look pretty similar. So he's been cast as Ronnie Raymond. Ah, uh, Firestorm. We know as Firestorm. Yes, yeah, and that's going to be in the Flash. 
Oh, okay. So he. Okay, so same universe. So Katana's in Arrow. Yep. Firestorm's in Flash. Yes. Which makes sense because Flash really sets up more of the powers. Yes. Yes. We'll so come back to that in a second. We will come back to that, but I'm interested to see they haven't yet mentioned anyone being cast as Professor Stein. No. Because the whole thing with Firestorm is they're, the they're combined using the Firestorm Matrix. Mm-hmm. It's It was always Professor Stein and Ronnie Raymond and then they brought in other characters and it's all over the shop now. But yes. they haven't mentioned anything about Professor Stein. No, but there has been one more massive casting announcement, and this is in yeah. Arrow. Uh, Superman has been cast to play the Atom. <laughs> <laughs> go, figure th- go figure that out. <laughs> no. No, Brendan Ralph, Ralph from is Superman Returns. another DC Comics hero Yes. Now. He's playing Ray Palmer, who we know as the Atom. Atom. And from what I read, apparently he's going to be taking over. He'll, he'll have some role with Queen Consolidated. Yes, uh, the because if you haven't seen season two, no. because Australia's been fairly far behind, a uh, little bit of a... Spoilers! Warning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's her name? Uh, Summer Glau's character. Yes. She pr- pretty much got control of uh, Queen Consolidated. Before she pulled the Talia. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, she's gone now, yep. so it leaves open war now who's got control of Queen Consolidated, that it looks like Ray Palmer comes in. So I'm interested that they've actually done Ray Palmer, yeah. because I thought they could have done Ted Cord, yeah. Blue Beetle, because he has his own company as well. Like, they could have brought in him. The thing that I find interesting about it is, mm. let me just say off the bat, I, I know our opinions differ on Superman Returns. I liked it at the time, and as, as time went on and I stepped away from the hype of it, I kind of got to the point where I very rarely re-watched it because I just found it very boring. Yeah, see, I love it, but then I think, I haven't actually watched it in years. Yeah. I feel like I need to watch that again and see if I've still got that same opinion of it. The only thing that I really look back and go, yeah, I loved it about Superman Returns was Brendan Routh. Yes. His characterization that he had to work with as Superman, not very Superman. But he was great, and he mm. could have... I really wanted to see a Superman Returns sequel because all the talk was it was going to be, you know, more, much more action and, and, and a real new sort of take on Superman. They wanted to address what came before to start with. Yep. And I really wanted to see him have a proper crack. Mm. I really did. But now I get to see him as the Atom. Thinking about the Atom, is this a case of DC wanting to get in early before Marvel release Ant-Man? Oh, I had not even thought so of that. So you've sort of got that shrinking superhero, and it's like, we've done it first. Yeah, is this kind of going with uh, DC and Marvel, well, more Fox, having done that amazing scene in X-Men Days of Future Past with Quicksilver, yeah. where it's like, you could have done this in The Flash. Yeah. They did it first, so anything after is going to be compared to that. Mm-hmm. Did they want to get in Adam before Ant-Man so that people will see Ant-Man thinking, oh, but DC already did this in TV don't land. I don't know. It was just a little thought that occurred to me. Yeah, so some big casting news. Like, especially when I saw Brandon Routh cast as Ray Palmer, I was like, damn. Yeah, it's great. Because he, he really hasn't done much that we've seen. No, there was, he was since, in a movie, I think it was called Crooked Arrows. And he was in Zack and Zach Mary, Mary making porno. He was great but, in that. Oh, he was hilarious. Him yeah. and Justin Long as the gay lovers. But I just... I can't remember anything else I've really... Oh, he was in Chuck. Yes. I remember him in Chuck, but again, that's 
pretty much yeah. it. Now, just keeping on Flash and Arrow for a second. Yes. It was announced the other day that before season three of Arrow and season one of The Flash starts in September, October. Yeah. DC Comics are actually releasing a short comic series called Arrow Season 2.5. Oh, what, like a bridging? Bridge the gap between what happens at the end of Season 2 to where we pick up with Season 3. And they're also releasing Flash Year Zero. Really? As a bit of a lead up to the Flash TV series. Now, I wonder how that one will go. I'm looking forward to the Arrow one, Mm. but I wonder how Flash Year Zero will go because they pretty much develop any of that in... Well, just quickly, really, really quickly before we talk about what we're about to talk about, just before we move off Arrow, I just want to say that for our listeners that haven't kept up to date with what's happening in America and have avoided the spoilers that we've talked about (laughs) in the show for months, or even if they have listened and are still wanting to see the show... Channel 9 are finally airing Season 2. Oh, starting wow. this Tuesday, which I think by my calculation is the 15th. Yes. Yes. The 15th of July, 8.30pm, Channel 9. They're only Arrow just f- now starting Season 2. Arrow Season it 2. It finished how long ago? May. Oh, wow, Australia. Yeah. And you wonder why people... Get it through other means. Now, I'm curious with this because I was under the impression, I'd been told by several people and people at Supernova yeah. that they weren't planning on showing Season 2 of Arrow over here, starting to show it, until October. Yeah, yeah. It was planned for the end of the year, which was even worse. Now, I'm really wondering what's been the change because I, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I, everybody knows I love Arrow. Everybody yep. knows that we love Arrow. Yep. When I went to Supernova, I was surprised. Yes, a lot of people travelled to see Stan Lee, a shitload. Mm. But there were a lot of people there just for the Arrow guys. Even I was surprised at like, wow, this show is so popular. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's filtered back because to Channel 9. Because you say things that they were like, who's seen season two? And everybody, a bunch of people put up their hands. The, everybody in the hall had seen it. Which is kind of surprising. Well, not really surprising, but no. when it hasn't been shown in Australia and everybody in that theatre puts up their hand that they've seen it. Yeah, and when the uh, cast themselves say, we understand if we were in your boat, we'd download it too. Yeah. Um, I'm almost wondering if Channel 9 have heard that or it's, or it's, or it's filtered back to them the how popular this show yep. is and they've gone, well, shit, we should probably air it. <laughs> we should probably do something about this because if they were only going to start season two in October, they'd already be. That would be so when season three, season three of uh, of Arrow had started. Mm-hmm. Flash would have started. Yep. So maybe they're trying to quickly they'll pump through it. That's what from I'm now until October, and they may even fast track season three. Who knows? Well, I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. They'll pump through this. Get to October, season three in the Flash start, mm-hmm. they'll put them both on yep. in a superhero two-hour block It'd be great. on a particular night. Let's do it. <laughs> it. Well, it would be great for the Australian viewers yeah. who, seriously, the, it fucking finished in May, yep. season two. And it still hasn't even started here. It's, no. That's ridiculous. And this let's is, see. Australian commercial television is honest... Fucked. Let's see if Channel 9 can keep it on the same night and keep it at the same time slot. That's oh, yeah, because be they'll the play it for three weeks. Channel 9, in all its history, will play something for three weeks at a particular time, then move it to a different night at a much later time, then and they'll the, play repeats for a month. Of, of That'll be the thing, theory. too. <laughs> that, yeah, they'll have the entire season, and yet, so they won't need to do any breaks. No. 
but they'll still yeah play reruns and everything. But moving back to what we were saying about the Flash comic. Yes, I'm wondering how that's going to go if they're going to do a year zero because recently, and the boys mentioned this on one of the latest episodes of Geek Speak Live, last one, yeah. Flash and another show, Constantine, yep. have both leaked online. They have. Well, we say leaked in inverted commas because we have the same same theory that Wade has. Yes. Uh, Flash came out first, mm-hmm. and about a week later, Constantine came out. Now, both are planned to be shown at San Diego Comic Con. Which starts very soon. Yeah, it's only like a couple of weeks away. We're going to have to have it? another king size, I reckon, because we <laughs> have so much news coming out of San Diego. So they're due to be shown there. Mm-hmm. And. Wasn't that only announced after they leaked too? I think it was announced or was it around before, the it was same around the time. same time. But kind of interesting that both of those have leaked mm-hmm. and yes, we've got the same theory that Wade mentioned on Geekspeak Live. Have they done a what was it, Batman eighty nine? Yeah, well they had to make a little promotional video to show to the sponsors to actually get them to come in because yeah. the negative feedback around all the negative connotations that were associated with the Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be crap. It's not going to be what we want it to and be. And when you think of these two shows, you've got Flash where people were going on about the costume. Yes, now, we had a Rosie's rant about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and you remember that photo. It was the set photo of him jumping down the stairs and everyone's like, oh, this is going to look like crap. It's a fucking still shot. Now, yes, and I'm going to say, yes, I have watched this. We, we both have. We've both watched it. Uh, honestly, who the fuck hasn't? Yeah. That's the only reason why that we're talking shot, about it. That set photo of him jumping down the stairs... Looked great. Looked great because it is literally a possibly half-second frame yeah, he's during running. a super speed moment yep. at the very start of the episode, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. So we're thinking, yeah, have they actually leaked it because people are like, oh, the costume, uh, this, uh, that. I've never had a problem with it. Have they leaked it to actually get people hyped about it? Because when you look at Constantine as well, look at the only other live action or any adaptation of Hellblazer (laughs) ever was the 2005? Uh, I think it was 2003 or four. Yeah, around that time, the Keanu Reeves film. Yes. Now look, I saw it at the time. I'd never been a Hellraiser fan. Uh, Hellblazer, sorry. I liked it. I liked the film. I know. But once people, you actually know the yeah. story, you know the character. It should have just been oh, called it, anything else. It could have. I think of Robot Chicken in the episode where uh, Keanu Reeves in every film is like, uh, My name is Neo and I will fight you, agents. He does a Constantine which is like, my name is John Constantine, and I will fight you, demons. That's the they thing. could have pretty much called it "I will fight you, demons." Well, that's the only reason why um, Keanu Reeves would have been in it because he was so hot off the back of the Matrix. Yes. Yeah. Now you haven't seen Constantine. No, but I've I've seen the Flash. I have. <laughs> okay. Going back to Flash, just quickly, mm-hmm. what did you think? I loved it. I yes. cannot wait for this series. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think... It would have had to be really bad for me not to have liked it. Like, yeah. it would have had to have been horrible. <laughs> there are moments where you look at it and you go, yeah, you can still tell it's a CW show. It, it definitely has that CW feel. I watched it with Emily, and I will admit she spent most of the time playing with her phone, would look up occasionally when I said, oh my God, look at this. She's not so much into the superhero stuff. Yeah, see, she started with Arrow, but... She says, and she made a great point, like, it just feels like all the other ones. It feels like Arrow. It feels like uh, Smallville. It has the same narrative structure. It has the same, like, everything about it 
feels the same, just different characters. But that's what we like. <laughs> that's what we like, and because it keeps it to me in the same universe. Yeah, it's like Marvel. But it's the it's the CW feel. Yeah. I think it had some great moments and some great setups in it. And it's for, uh, you know, we say for a CW show, like, it's a negative thing. I mean, this thing could have been on any other network. I mean, it had a, the special effects are the awesome. special effects and this were is a pilot. cinema quality. Yeah. But see, now that's the thing. It's a pilot. So I think back to the Arrow pilot where it felt like The Dark Knight. It felt very cinematic. The action was just exceptional. And then episode two... It instantly started drop. It's like they they chuckle their money into the pilot to get everybody everybody into it, but then it starts to lag. So I'm interested to see how the special but effects the and everything time, go. You look back later at the on. early episodes of Arrow and mm. look at what they were doing even a quarter into season two. Yeah, and it's a million times better. Oh god, yeah. Because it got the time to develop the characters and tell the stories, yeah. and the fact that they're tying other DC and characters we're, and in. we've spoken about that before. I know with the Kevin Spacey thing, with yeah. the Netflix thing, like not wanting to do a pilot because you have to set up so, so many things. Yeah. This it does bring in the stuff from the his setup in Arrow. Yeah, it was episode nine. They or added a couple yeah. of little bits to it. Mm. Uh, some great. Uh, uh, what, what would you call them? Foresight into future villains. Yeah. It's just some great casting as well. The cast yeah. is fantastic. Oh, Iris's dad. Uh, what's his name? He's from um, Rent. Oh, my mind is blanking. Um, plays a detective. He was from Law and Order. I think he was in Ally McBeal back in the day too. I don't think he was in Ally McBeal. God, I'm, I'm, I, I hate myself that I'm forgetting his name. But he played the detective so well because he's done that in Law and Order. Mm. I felt like I was watching just the same character just in a new universe. Iris was great. Iris was really great. I didn't like uh, Detective Pretty Boy. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. But I think you meant to not like him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've already spoken about it because it was in the trailer. Weather Wizard is The the, the big bad in this episode. He was great. Yeah. He... He was menacing, and the setup that they've got with the powers, and like, look, we're bringing in Brandon Routh as um, Ray Palmer, the Adam. Mm-hmm. You've got Robbie Amell as Firestorm. You're bringing in these big powerhouse characters. Yep. I'm just really excited because, you know, when they're doing that testing out at Ferris Air. <laughs> yep, Ferris Air. I'm really looking forward. They could do Green Lantern. Well, going, going back to that last podcast we did, where yeah. we said that there was the, the Green the rumor. Flash, you know, team-up, mm. that that wasn't in bold, and the talk was that that may be a television event, yeah. not a big screen Seriously, event. if they bring a Green Lantern TV series into the mix, I'm, ne- <laughs> I'm never leaving my couch. I don't know if you get a Green Lantern TV series <laughs> just because of the negative connotations to still the attached film? to that character. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's a big shame. So overall, fingers, fingers Flash for a Gotham leak. <laughs> yes, well, that was it. You know, uh, Flash leaked a week later. Constantine leaked. Gotham has been announced that it will air at San Diego Comic Con as well. Mm. I've been wait. I was like, a week later, where's Gotham? It's one of those things, though. Part of me, you know, I, I did get a bit excited when I heard that the Flash had leaked, and mm. I couldn't wait to watch it. But at the same time, a little part of me regretted watching it because there is a bit of a cliffhanger ending there. And, and we've like, got to wait until October. Oh my god, I've got to wait till October. Yep. So that's the thing with Gotham. It's sort of like, do I, if it does leak, do I resist temptation? Because if you think about it, that's having seen the Flash pilot. Now that's one less thing I'm excited about because come October, because I have ha- I have already seen, seen. But it. then you'll be excited for the second episode exactly, and the series continuing on. 
Now, you, like we said, you didn't watch Constantine. No. I did. Mm-hmm. Just a few quick thoughts. Absolutely loved it. Yep. He has nailed the character. There was the whole thing that NBC weren't going to have him smoke, but which, if you read the comics, is a big part of his character. They're able to do it where you never actually see him smoking. He's always playing with his cigarette lighter. There's a scene where he's at a bar and there's an ashtray next to him. So and they as, allude to it. Yeah, as he's talking to this angel, you can see smoke yeah. coming up out of frame, rising up from where the ashtray was, but you never they see him hold the cigarette. Yeah, but show they do all that. Puff. The casting is great. Uh, I'm pretty sure his name's Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. I was like, he sounds really familiar. He's got the accent perfect. He's just got the characterization. Just He's nailed it. But I couldn't help but think his voice is so familiar. But part of me was also like, is he a real Brit? Because mm-hmm. he's doing the British accent. Yeah. I thought, is he an American doing the Brit accent? No. Matt uh, Matt Ryan is Welsh. Why I know his voice, he does the voice of Edward Kenway, uh, the main character that you play as in Assassin's Creed 4, Which you've spoken Black Flag. About, you've spoken about on the podcast. The, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is the pirate that I've been running around <laughs> as is now playing John Constantine. Wow. If you love uh, Supernatural, mm-hmm. uh, okay, let me rephrase that. If you love early seasons of Supernatural... <laughs> Up to five. You're going to love this show. It, okay. it has that Supernatural feel. This was one, again, I watched with Emily. Now, you know how I said with Flash, she was playing with her phone. Mm-hmm. She'd just kind of look up. Yeah, yeah, it feels the same. She couldn't take her eyes off the screen. Because this is more her thing. This is more, yeah, you're bringing in the Supernatural elements, some horror elements, all that sort of... Uh, the mysticism, magic. It, it really felt like Supernatural, but... DC. Okay. I loved it. Mm-hmm. She loved it. She came out of it going, I cannot wait for that to start. Awesome. So when I I was a little, uh, I wasn't, uh, what would you say, you know, hesitant about yeah. Constantine. I thought, I'll give this a go. It may not be one I'll continue watching. Yeah. No, Constantine is a show I will definitely keep watching. I don't know if I will just because it's not really my thing and it's definitely not my wife's thing. So yeah. it's a bit hard, you know, to try and watch a full so series listeners, without someone. So listeners, this sidekick will take up the slack from the other one and watch Constantine. <laughs> and I can and... promise I'll watch Flash. <laughs> <laughs> we'll both be watching that. Yeah, I know. Uh, what else has been happening? Because well, well, it has been a few weeks. It has. We'll just keep on DC very, very briefly before mentioning something else. Um, they've announced two new Batman comic series um, Ooh, about yes. a week ago, week and a half ago. Yep. One is called Arkham Manor. It's going to be written by Jerry Dugan with art by Sean Crystal. Okay. Now, the other one that, that has me interested... The, the, the other one I know has a lot of people interested and I know Todd and Wade spoke about it on Geek Speak Live. Yeah, it's called Gotham Academy. Yes. It's written by Becky Cloonan and Brendan Fletcher with art by Carl Kershey. Mm-hmm. Now, this, when I read the synopsis for it, because I actually posted the story on on the, on the Facebook page, page, yep, yep. I read the synopsis for, for this Gotham Academy, and I'm like, huh. Sounds familiar? That sounds very <laughs> familiar. And I did talk about this months ago. Yes. Where Kevin Smith and Paul Dini, Paul Dini was a guest on Fat Man on Batman, and yep. they just started riffing and essentially sold a pilot for a Batman TV this show. This was kind of before Gotham even got announced, No, they announced it? Gotham. Yeah. But they didn't quite know what direction it was going in. From the announcement, it very much sounded like a Gotham Central type show. And then they were talking about the 
trailer for Arkham Origins mm-hmm. and how you've never really seen Batman in his childhood days. It's kind of like his missing Jesus years. Yeah. You never really see that. And they started talking about what they'd like to see from a TV show. The fan world just blew up and they're like, that's what we want to see. Yeah. And then it was when I was overseas, they announced another synopsis for Gotham mm. and it it sort of added to the whole like following the Gotham police force. Yeah. And it said, we're going to also feature young Bruce Wayne and yep. younger characters. And we've since seen the trailers and stuff. Yep, and yep. there's a lot of familiar characters as young kids or, you know, adolescents. Yes. So it's very similar, mm-hmm. again, to what Kevin Smith spoke about. But this story, I, I, I couldn't blame DC for going, you know what? They're not going to do that as a TV show. We own the characters. Yep. The the fans loved this this plot that they just kind of threw out there. Let's write a comic on it. Yeah, so the I'm not the, saying that's what they've done. Yeah, but, but the, God, the, it sounds the close. The rumor is that this is pretty much the story that Kevin Smith and Paul Dini were throwing around. Yeah, or some basis of that. There, there's been that fan art that's but was it fan art or concept art from a Gotham yeah, High? You said this, yeah, I feel like it was called Gotham High, a TV you series said that in when the we works. Spoke about. Yeah, yeah. That had all the all the villains and everyone going to high school together, yeah. which would be really cool to see. It'd, it'd just be, be a comedy. It'd be a whole new take on the the Batman. The Batman is, yeah. It doesn't have to always be the same story retold. No. Like, look at so many uh, animated series out there and everything that just take something in a completely different direction, and people love it. That's what I feel like this is. Speaking of um, DC Comics, yes, I know there's a lot of creative changes going on right now. <laughs> Too many to list. Yeah, the, the two big ones I do know are David Finch and his wife, can't remember for the life of me her name, they're taking over Wonder Woman mm-hmm. at the end of the year. I honestly think it's a bad move. Yep. David Finch, I loved his artwork when I was first introduced to it on Ultimate X-Men. Mm-hmm. Back, I think, uh, in the... like kind of issue 13 or around that uh, I met him at the first or second supernova I went to he oh, wow. I met uh, Stuart Immonen had just started on Ultimate Fantastic Four I got uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four one signed by Stuart Immonen cool and I met David Finch and he signed my issue that had Angel on the cover because Angel's my uh, favorite X-Men character yep. now that's when when I'm talking the first or second supernova. How many years ago is that? 10, 11, something like that. His artwork hasn't grown. He he was recently on Forever Evil. Yep. Now, I recently spoke about how much that story was just disappointing and the artwork just... it. Shit it you? Yes. <laughs> Every male character he draws looks the same. Unless there is a very defining difference like Lex Luthor and Superman one's bald one's got black hair mm-hmm. if you swapped Superman's black hair on the Lex Luthor Lex Luthor would look like Superman yeah. they all look the same so he was the wrong choice in my opinion for Forever Evil bringing him on as the main artist for Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. I I just I can't see it, it's to me, it's a bad move. Okay, unless maybe working with his wife, maybe his style will change because they'll bounce off each other. I don't know. The other one that's been getting around the last couple of days is creative changes for Batgirl. Batgirl, yeah, and now, a big aesthetic change too. Yeah, see, I I love 
uh, Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I haven't been reading Batgirl since the new 52 came in. I started and like everything else, I've just kind of fallen away. I've got all the issues sitting there. I just yeah. haven't read them. Because you haven't been able to do your monthly comics. And I I kind of wanted to read... I read a couple of issues that tied in with, I think it was uh, like Night of the... Owls, or whatever it is, yeah, the Court I, of I've Owls read, story. I think, I think it's probably the first two major, two and a half major story arcs I've read. Yeah. Apparently, it's a whole new direction. They're going, she's moving to a different part of Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, going to grad school or something. Whole new aesthetic change. It looks very cartoony. It does. Uh, the costume seems more... Why it keeps getting around is not only does the costume seem more practical, but it seems to be a cosplayer's dream. It's pretty much. It looks... Very simple to do yeah. for even just your run-of-the-mill cosplayer. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a new creative team as well. But apparently just the whole direction of the book, like they've been focusing apparently on a bit more of the horror and the macabre and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This new direction is going to be a bit more light-hearted. So I mean, I, from the artwork, you can tell. Oh, definitely. So big change on that one. Yes. Now moving off sort of comic book superhero stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Harry Potter. Yes. We're both fans of the books and the movies? Yes, I posted something on the uh, Facebook page you the did. other day about this. Old JK's done a George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, she's added to the to the universe like, in, a, in a roundabout kind of way, maybe, sort of. Yeah, on her <laughs> website, Potterverse, which mm-hmm. was the big thing that launched where it's... It, it's the Potter community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on... When it first came out, there was so much hype about it. Uh, even just trying to get onto it, into the beta, like you had to pre-register and you'll maybe get in. You get sorted. What do you call the people that go there? Are they the potheads? <laughs> Potterheads. Potterheads? Potterheads. Is that what they are? Yeah. Okay. Potterheads. Oh, Scarheads would have been a good one. Ooh. Oh. There we go. Uh, no, well, on her website, like you can go through and you can... It's almost like you can read the books on this trail and find out all these little things about it. It it just opens up the universe and she could do more for it. Okay. And everyone's always screaming about, oh, you should do more books, do more books. Now, J.K. Rowling has done more books. Yeah. Just not in the Harry Potter universe. No. And under pseudonyms. Mm-hmm. She did do uh, a guide to mythical beasts and, oh. I th- this is what's going to be the new movie. The, the, yeah. The, she did that one and one on Quidditch. Yeah, that came, that came out. While well, the books were still being and written, and I've also got um, Tales of Beetle the Bard, yes, which was the book that, that was used in um, Deathly uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yes, that came out after the, she'd wrapped up the series. She's done this uh, fifteen hundred word, I'd say, short story, but it's written more like an article. It, isn't it's it? written from the perspective of Rita Skeeter. Yes. Now, Harry Potter fans will know who I'm talking about. Har- yes, those who don't know Harry Potter, Rita Skeeter is a character was introduced in the fourth book, uh, mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire. That uh, she's a journalist, she, and she's more like a tabloid journalist. Yeah, yeah. she, yeah, definitely tabloid. She, mm. she's a bitch. Uh, like it'd be the the Harry Potter equivalent of like the Sun in the UK. Yes, yeah. She's done this fifteen hundred word short story slash article from Rita Skeeter's perspective mm-hmm. of the. She's at the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, and. Thinking of the timeline, because Harry was set in the 90s. Like, he's older than us, technically. Yeah. Uh, it, it could honestly be set this year. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, I saw it all go Actually, up. Harry's and I'm like, probably the same age as us, really. No, think I think he's it. a few years older. Really? In this story, he's I 33. He went to high school, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's 33 in this uh, story. It's his Jesus year. So it could be 
that it is set this year. I, I can't mm. say definitely because I haven't read it. Time I, I haven't Cup, had a chance to yet. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but it's a 1,500-word story that, you know, it's showing Harry as... It, it, it's his future. Yeah. We had a glimpse to his future at the end of Deathly Hallows in we her did. little epilogue, which really wasn't needed. No. Uh, but from what I'm hearing... Mm. It's kind of we haven't read it yet. My wife wants to read it. I know you're, mm. you're going to read it. I we know, know honorary sidekick Grace has read it. Yeah, she was none too impressed. She said it was kind of like she said she's written. Sorry, she said she's read. Yep, fan. She's knowing her, she's probably written fan fiction too, <laughs> where they get their wands out. But <laughs> this, this she said, armist. It was like um, poorly written fan fiction. Yeah, she said she's written. Oh, I did it again. She said she's read fan fiction that is much better. I, I do this. remember she posted something the other day that says, uh, read this instead. And it was fan fiction yeah. of this other character that she it was kind of like a really deleted scenes like, character. It really felt like a high school assignment where you've been told to write uh, an article yep. from the perspective of, of a, character. a fictional character. Yeah. And so I... I'm still interested to read it. I will give it a shot. Being so short, I'll probably give it a crack. Yeah. Like I said, it's only 1,500 words. You could read it in five minutes. Yeah. The thing is, it's from what I'm hearing that it should be left alone. It's one of these cases of everyone screams for her to do more, mm-hmm. but then when she does more, they don't like it. But this is, is it kind that, of a half-hearted it, just... It, well, it is kind of a half-hearted, but is it also that, you know... It's that whole expectation of what she could do Yeah. that, well, you know, she did something. It's not what you wanted it to be, so you're automatically going to dislike it. Yeah, and it's also one of those things, too. It's, it's a slightly different example, but kind of the same thing. I've always wanted to see a third Ghostbusters movie. Yes. That doesn't mean, in theory, that doesn't mean that I've or, that I really want to see what will be a third yes. Ghostbusters movie, you know? Well, it also reminds me of uh, George R. R. Martin, uh, author of A Song of Ice and Fire, the mm-hmm. other day in an interview, uh, basically told fans to go fuck themselves and flip them the bird. Yeah. Because the, there's the whole thing about his, you know, it does take him a long time to re, uh, to write, sorry, now I'm doing <laughs> it, uh, the stories. Well, that, the size of a phone book. Yeah. Well, the gap between uh, book four and five, he had a thing at the end of book four saying next year, yeah. it took five years. Oh, wow. Now, everyone's always going on about his health. Yeah. And that th- there's no sign of when the sixth book is going to be out. Apparently, his editor has basically only seen enough that he had to give them for his advance. Mm. And... George well, he du- said that when we, when we saw yes, him last year. Yes, and George W. Martin is the type, he won't write on the road. He will only write in his own study on his own, I can't remember if it's a computer or a typewriter, on a, in a specific setup. Mm-hmm. Have a look at his touring schedule. He's always on the road. Because he's famous now because of this show. Yeah, and he so was famous to, he was already famous. To a degree because of the books, but now that the show is yep. out there, he's a celebrity in his own right. And so right. he's always getting around, and so he's not riding on the road. No. Now, in an interview the other day, the interviewer asked him on behalf of fans, basically saying, you know, people keep talking about this stuff to do with your health and everything. When are we going to see this? Because it's getting to the point for almost the first time in history that the TV show is going to catch up. that is based on the book is actually going to have caught up 
and have to be put on hold or even surpass it, mm. that they're like, well, if there's no sixth book, the show can't keep going. So this guy's brought this up in an interview and he's basically told these fans to go fuck themselves because it's like, what is my health and everything to you? It's like, someone made a great point, it's the whole artist thing, that it's like the fans are sticking behind them with the whip and chain going, yep. mush, mush. Let let it run its course. Who are you to tell someone to rush their work? Yeah, because so he flipped them the bird. It's, it's art. So going back to J.K. Rowling, it's kind of you know she's finished up, and people keep screaming for more. She, she's always said she won't do another book, but you know things change. Yeah. She's done something, and then people are like, eh. See, I had this discussion with Grace the other night. Actually, yeah, um, it was the day after this story hit. People want more and more and more, and she said that she won't ever write more. But she's always since the, the books and the films have wrapped up. She keeps adding these little footnotes. Yes. One of them in particular, and Grace and I discussed it, is that when she came out and said Dumbledore was actually gay. Yeah, because she'll often drop these hints in interviews. Like, people will ask whatever happened to say Neville. And so, if you look up these characters, it'll say Neville married, uh, I think it was maybe Hannah Abbott, and they run the Leaky Cauldron. Is it the Leaky Cauldron? The one that leads from the Muggle world into Diagon Alley. Yeah. Um... You know, she only mentioned that as an answer to a question yeah. in a Q and A, Q&A, and everybody's like, "Okay, so that's what happened." She just drops, as you said, those little footnotes. See, that kind of stuff is is okay, I guess. But I mean, when you mess with, I mean, look, I have no problem with with homosexuality, whatever. But that never came up in the books. It was never. If anything, the whole thing was always about Aberforth, his brother, and what he did with goats. It's just kind of like it. It it doesn't add anything to the character. It was never touched on in the books. Why say it? Like, yeah. why why bring it up now? And just it was one of those things where it was just kind of like you just wanted to tack it on just to get people talking about it. And then or... it was only a couple of months ago, was it, where she came out and said she actually got it wrong that Harry should have round up with Hermione. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that well, one. Well, that was headlines a couple of months ago. It's uh, just sort of like, well, when I started reading I always the see books, the one about how Ron Weasley was the the one guy to make it out of the friend zone. <laughs> when, I, when I started reading the books from the get-go, yeah. I always wanted Harry and Hermione to wind up together. No, see, I always wanted him and Ginny. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I was never on board with that, so I kind of never really For bought... me, Hermione was too easy. It was too easy to go down Ron that wishes. route. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know. I always liked it. I think it was kind of like a Ross and Rachel thing. Yeah. You, you kind of thought true. it was going to go that way, and I really wanted it to go that and way. And Ted and, um, uh, Ted and Robin. Ted and Robin thing. Yeah. But, you know, look. But then when the way that ended up, I kind of wish they hadn't. That's a case of I wish they hadn't yeah. done that. So, yeah. look, I was always happy, yeah, he didn't end up with Hermione. So, yeah, she comes out recently saying, and look. She could have written that from the get-go. Yeah, they will end up together. But mm-hmm. then she, you know, while she tried it, thought, you know what? This is a better idea. And I think it was the better idea and she ran with it. Yeah. Actually. Yes. Enough of Potter. Mm. Just going back to the superheroes for a minute. Mm. Something I forgot to mention that did break last week and we haven't recorded since. Oh, yes. The boys mentioned this in Geek Speak Live. They did. In the lead up to uh, San Diego Comic Con again. Last Thursday night and I ha- I was on the ball again except <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I just, I happened to be online literally as this story broke. Yep. We got to see our first pick of Henry Cavill in the Superman in costume for... Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice, yeah. I mean, it's not 
too much of a departure from No, the I first. think the only thing for me, really, that I've noticed was his hair was just a little bit more pompous. Slicked back, but yeah. someone actually did a side-by-side because there was a similar promotional shot, like... Of the stance that he was in, yes, from Man of Steel, mm. and you thought, man, I thought Henry Cavill was big in Man of Steel. Yeah, he's huge in this photo. See, I don't. I suppose if I saw a comparison, it's kind of like seeing uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the original X Men yes. and in the Wolverine or yeah. any of those ones. You don't think it till you see it. No, and that's the thing. I he doesn't this... look that big to me in no. the new one. I saw this side by side, man, and he is huge. Well, the thing that got everybody talking was not him in the costume. It's the background. It was the backdrop. It's not Metropolis. No, it's very dark. You've got the smokestacks and the chimneys. It's all very, I wouldn't say gothic looking. What it reminds me of is England. Yeah. Uh, when you think of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, the or, dreary... What's the original? Was Charlie or Willy Wonka? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Willy Factory. Willy Wonka and the, Cho- the Chocolate Factory. That, that kind of area of London, that real industrial estate, dark, dreary... I'm pretty sure they even use it in um, Harry Potter and yep. the Half-Blood Prince when Snape goes to... No, when Narcissa and Bellatrix go to Snape's house. Yep. It's that real industrial look, and they've given it the the dark grey and blue overtone. It's photoshopped at the shit house. <laughs> oh god, yeah. We'll come back to the Photoshop part. Yeah, but yeah, it looks Gotham City. It does. Which so I'm excited. I and am look, really there was, excited. There were some complaints from people on the the post about how you know, look, they're already showing so much, and you know, they they don't want to sort of keep seeing stuff because this film is still two years away. Yep. They don't want to keep seeing stuff, but I don't know. I mean, taking my Batman and, and DC fandom out of it, yeah. they're in a position where they still have to compete with Marvel, who are going yep. to pump out a couple of films before this one comes out. Yep. They still need to, to be relevant. They need to... And it is a dribs and drabs thing. It's not like they're releasing massive trailers no. or something. It, it is literally a photo. Think, how many official photos have they brought out? Oh, two. Uh, Superman. Yep. Batman. And the logo. Yeah. Like, and the announcement oh, that, of the that actual title. a pic of the Batmobile that, that Snyder Oh, tweeted. and that. That is literally it. It is dribs and drabs. It's not like every week they're coming out with something. We still haven't seen Gal Gadot in no. anything to do as Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, with San Diego coming up, I'm sure some things Z- may still Some things will then. Come out, but, but you've got to keep it relevant. And this is going back again to talking about Flash and Constantine leaking. Mm. Was that intentional to keep people interested in it because it is far off they've got to keep people talking about it 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 wasn't long ago we were just before i went overseas before the film got pushed back 12 months when it was Mm. meant to be coming out next year by now we were we thought we would have had a full trailer a couple of posters all these photos and stuff and i think it might just be throwing the fans a bone too who were expecting to see all this awesome stuff this year yeah we now have to wait another year to see it. I think it's just, again, keeping it relevant, but also just giving the fans a little taste to be like, oh, I can't wait, Yeah, you know, just to keep it to keep it out there. I think the best thing with them is when these pictures come out and it gets people talking and it, the, the, is the memes. Well, yeah. Look, look at Sad Batman. <laughs> yes. The thing I love most about this Superman image... Yeah, <laughs> I uh, Grace was actually the first person to show me. Which if you know Grace, it doesn't surprise no, me. No, they've fo- and I know the boys spoke about it. They've photoshopped Sad Batman in front 
of Superman and the metropolis, uh, the Gotham City, yeah. apparently Gotham City landscape, mm-hmm. and they've worked Superman's arms it's around like he's him a little supercar, <laughs> cheer him up a bit. It was all very slash fic. It was, and it was hilarious. And the logo changed from Batman v Superman to Batman Heart Superman. Oh, d- I didn't see the logo. Yeah, I've no, only seen the it. actual image. I, I saw the one where they changed the little V into a little heart. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> that is gold. But actually, while we're back on, well, DC for example, we yeah. were talking about Gotham. Oh yes, I think we need to introduce our next segment. Oh yes, I completely forgot we had one of these in the bag. Mm, let's do it. Let's do it. Rosie's Yes, our good friend Rosie decided to weigh in on Gotham. Uh, yeah. Couple, recently, you put up on the Facebook page... A couple of weeks ago now, they'd released um, posters, like character posters of uh, the faces of all the major characters. Yes. Yeah. And so, Rosie, I swear this is possibly the longest rant well, he's know. ever had. It's, I don't it's know. It's pretty standard. Then again, if we put together all the Flash ones... Yeah. <laughs> But no, uh, this is our good mate Rosie weighing in on the character posters. Which well, is the overall show. What he's thinking is going to happen. Yeah, well, from the character posters, but okay. Weighing in on the show. If Ben McKenzie is half as good as he was in Southland, then this will be worth a watch. Other than that, I can't see where this story will go. It's not like little Bruce is going to be Batman anytime soon. So all the kid characters are really just there as name drops in what should have been a Gotham PD-centered TV show. Why couldn't it be an early, young, adult life instead of a child's life? That's when they are more likely to make the decision to become heroes or villains. Hollywood's insane need for backstory is tiresome and it's only going to confuse people more with a new Nolan trilogy and now Batfleck versions out there, and I highly doubt Gotham will use those films as continuity. It'll be like Smallville all over again. Everyone liked it for a season or two, then you realised it was going nowhere, and you'd never see Superman. I might try watching the first and last eps of Smallville, and I think I'd get the same effect as watching the entire series. It's just a filler and waste of time. I think it'll be popular because nerds never let shows like Arrow, Supernatural, Lost, Walking Dead, etc. die, no matter how dreadful they become. Seriously? Just go and watch Southland. Now that's a real cop show. And that is a real Rosie's <laughs> rant. You know, but he does have a point. There's a couple of points in there. Yeah. When he mentioned uh, popular shows dying, uh, like uh, Supernatural, mm-hmm. that's going to actually lead into what we're going to announce uh, announce later yeah, towards for the, the Sidekick the show. Showdown. Yeah. You know, Supernatural, we, we even said it earlier. Five five first seasons. five seasons Great. were good. I think, I can't remember, was it season seven? What are they up to now? Eight or nine? Uh, season nine is currently air. Oh, it's just finished airing. I feel like it was halfway through maybe season seven or eight. I stopped watching I stopped. Then. It was when Sam had come back and they kept doing flashbacks. Uh, no, Sam didn't come back. Uh, Dean did. He, he'd been in um, Purgatory. 
Okay. And so they kept doing these flashbacks of him in purgatory and what Sam was doing at the time he was there. Anytime Dean's flashbacks happened, I was kind of interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime Sam's happened, you knew it was coming because the camera would zoom in and he'd have that full uh, soap opera look. Yes. And you're like, oh shit, it's a Sam flashback. It was around the time Arrow Season 1 started because okay. I was watching it at the same time. I ended up putting Supernatural on and kind of half watching it and then I'd put Arrow on and was glued to the TV. Cool. It was probably, yeah, about seven or eight episodes into that season. I let it die. No, like, I, I, stopped, I, I haven't watched it since. I stopped when the creator intended it to stop, which was at the end of season five. See, I I kept going because of, uh, uh, what's her name, Sarah Gamble? Took over writing juice, and they're bringing in the kind of mythos of all the monsters, like their alphas, Mm -hmm. the first of them all. And that story really, that really interested me. That I thought I'm I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And what Sarah Gamble can do with horror, uh, the way she writes it was really good. And then that season, season six, kind of petered off, and then it just kept getting worse and worse. And yeah, like he's got a point. There are these shows that need to die. Yeah. That look at how I met your mother. Yeah. That finally finished up. They should have wrapped that up years then again, ago. Like Supernatural, that was the intention. It yes. was the network that made it drag. Like on even and on and Josh on. Radner, who plays Ted, was saying for years, "I'm overplaying Ted Mosby. I want it to die. I, I don't want to keep doing this." Neil Patrick Harris can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Uh, Jason Siegel had a very you know his Hollywood career Hollywood just career. kept going bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Kobe Smulders started having a bit of a uh, Hollywood career. She had a bit of a sniff. Uh, Alison Hannigan, you know, she kept having kids and everything. Yeah. Maybe wanted to take a... I know she had said at one point she wanted to take a step back and focus on her family. Mm-hmm. But the network just kept going, no, we want more. Every time it looked like it was going to finish, no, we're going to make another yeah. season. So he's got a point. I, I don't think Gotham will go in this way. I disagree with him on that. There, yeah, I mean, he had a point in some parts, but at the same time, it was a rant that was a knee-jerk reaction <laughs> to a couple of still photos. <laughs> let's, let's put it in perspective. But that's our good friend Rosie, isn't Certainly it? Certainly is. Something else we need to mention... Yeah. ...that I completely forgot about before. Two Dumbass. weeks ago, we had a little bit of a milestone at Geekspeak. We did? Yeah. We hit 1,500 followers. We did, and hasn't it just kept climbing? We're almost at 1,530 when, now. When you and I first came on to Geekspeak last yes. year, uh, when did I come in? January. Yes, and I was sort of March, April, yeah. officially. We were we were in the 900s, I'm yeah. pretty sure. We're we getting were, close to We're getting close, because we were on the... We on... The Ghostbusters podcast of Geek Speak Live. We, we went and saw Ghostbusters at the cinema. Yes. That was an episode 50, was it? No. That was a little bit after. I remember that night, we were that close to cracking a 1,000. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's just, yeah, you know, it's had its moments where it's just gone up, and then it's kind of, you know, yeah, we're keeping the listeners entertained, and then suddenly something will happen, and it will just explode. Yeah. We were getting close to 1,500. You're like... I reckon we, yeah, this is going to hit soon. It hit that night. Yeah. It just exploded. And we, we you know, we thank all the listeners out there and who have spread mm. the word and, and got us out there. Because, you know, we, these things we don't take lightly. We feel humbled by it and we appreciate yeah. the support. Like, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we would literally be two guys talking into microphones and throwing something out on the internet. Like, we have our loyal listeners. We have our followers. We have the ones who always write in and tell us, you know, what they like about the show, what they don't like about the show. 
that this is why you know we do these things where we're constantly changing things up. Well, not constantly, but you know we'll we'll take all their criticisms Mm -hmm. and uh, compliments under advisement. Mm And we think, okay, they've got a point here. What can we do to change that? How can we make that better? How can we, how can we change that thing that's not working? And look, you know, like I said, we're moving to a whole new home. Yeah, we've got we've had to get our own channel because the bandwidth can't Mom cover and Dad it. Mum and Dad kicked us out on <laughs> yeah. our house, and we we're have mo- to survive on our own. They're, they're turning the bedroom into a pool room. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, we hit 1,500. It's still climbing. So I just wanted to briefly mention, again, just say thank you for everyone yes, for the support. Yes, thank you to everyone who has supported Geekspeak since its inception and especially supported Geekspeak Sidekick since we started a year ago. Yeah. But I think that's enough of what's been happening. Mm-hmm. I think we've got Rosie's rant out of the way. We have. There's something I've been wanting to talk about. Something I've been wanting to talk yes, about. Yes, we are. Uh, we, we did say in the last issue that we would talk about it this time. I think it's time for one of our, uh, what would you call this? One of our favourite segments. Well, it's definitely my favourite intro. <laughs> Absolutely. This is why. Oh, God, it. I love that intro. I love it so I much. I love it. I think the very first time we put up uh, Turtle Talk, mm-hmm. you lost your shit. I did. Uh, very much how Grace reacted to <laughs> Brendan's rants. Yeah, I got a, I got a message uh, a couple of weeks ago when she listened to the last issue that she was at home just in hysterics. <laughs> so once again, thank you very fucking much for my Brendan rants theme. Oh, just be glad I didn't do the outro as well. Yeah, no, well, let's not... Let's just move on. But Turtle no, talk. we are in Turtle Talk where we're talking all things or anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the lead up to the new film, mm-hmm. which is only a month away. In America. In America. They get it, is it August 8th? Something like that. We get Around it the same se- time as Guardians of the Galaxy. We get it September 11. <sighs> You're constantly driving that nail into my heart, but I whatever. Uh, yes, we, we we were actually going to talk about the comics. Yeah. Because I've been reading all the new stuff from IDW. Mm-hmm. I got all the uh, the back issues and caught up to date. Now I'm on the monthly basis. You have read some of the... Uh, what I've, read the I've read the first trade from the comic based on the new cartoon. Yeah, the animated adventures yeah. or whatever they call the second one I've seen has just come out, actually. I need to pick it up. Uh, I've also been reading through the Colour Classics and all the old, the original Eastman-led comics that awesome. started it all. Awesome. We were going to talk about that, <laughs> but, but something happened since we last recorded. Yes. Uh, season two oh, of the new animated series wrapped up. It did. Uh, last issue, we did mention that Seth Green has been brought on a season three. They have announced a season four. Yes. So we thought, well, seeing as how season two has wrapped up, mm-hmm. let's revisit, because we have spoken about the animated series before. We have. Let's revisit it. Yes. Now that season two's finished, let's look at it as a whole, and because how it's f- all gone. When we first discussed it, I'd only just started to watch it. Yes, I'd seen, I think, nearly the entirety of the first season. You'd yeah. only seen the first few episodes. Yeah. Uh, so now that season two's wrapped up, which I haven't actually seen the last episode. Yeah, you were so far ahead of me. I've caught up and passed you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I've only got one episode to go, so hold your fucking horses. <laughs> but yes, I haven't seen the last episode. You were you actually didn't even know it was well, the it, last it episode. It didn't really feel like a finale. Like there the was finale some... of season one had that finale. Yeah. It had that epicness to it. It kind of finished on a bit of a cliffhanger, but not not to the point where I thought, Oh, I'll have to wait till next season. I thought it would be like, well, I'll wait till next week. I They'll think, resolve this. I think and then that will be the, the season finale. Well, with what they've been doing in those last, uh, how many would you say, five to ten episodes yeah. with Karai, I think that has been leading to it, that that would be the culmination of it all. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, haven't seen the last episode. I was expecting that to culminate. I don't know if it does. No, and I won't spoil it for you, but it... Stuff happens, but it doesn't really. Mm. It doesn't really. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there's no sort of ending to it. Yeah, there's no it's closure just, on it. But it, at the it, same it, time, it just feels like a normal episode. Yeah, but at the same time, there's not that. There's not that season-ending cliffhanger, mm. and there's not that again. Yeah, there's no sort of finality. I guess is, okay. is the word I was looking for to it. It it just raises more questions, but without really being cliffhanger-ish. Well, just going quickly back to the whole Seth Green thing, uh, replacing Jason Biggs as Leonardo, which was spoken about. We did. I did notice in those last few episodes I've watched, Jason Biggs hasn't been on them. I could I could hear it in the voice, but you know how? Only because we knew. Exactly. Only because I knew I was that there was this other guy playing him. I was really listening for it. If I didn't know that someone else had been doing the voice, I think maybe Jason Biggs had just had a bad day in the studio, or he like his he he was just a little off. Yeah, it's like when you're not a kid. even that. If you're a kid, you would not no. notice. It is going to be a big departure from Jason Biggs' voice to Seth Green as Leonardo, the guy who's been filling in for Jason Biggs. Honestly, sounds so much like him. I don't know why they yeah. haven't kept him. I don't know if they just feel that they've because Jason Biggs is you know a bit of a name that they need to replace him with another name. Another but name, but it's it's a TV, it's a cartoon for kids. Let's be honest. And, and you've you got Sean to. Astin, yeah, who is you know your name. You know Greg Sipes is a very big name in uh, voice voice acting. Yeah, but you've even got you know Rob Paulson as uh, Donatello. Yeah, like he's a big name in voice acting. God, he's been in everything, but. That's it. You've got your names. Yeah. Why do you need to replace... This is going back to what I've spoken about before with uh, Team NT, the animated yeah. film from a few years ago, how they kept the Turtles just as standard voice actors. Mm-hmm. So you more knew the character than you did the actor behind yeah, and you it. Yeah, you had your name character, your name actor, sorry, as April and Casey. And I've, and I've seen it. I've said it, sorry, before with like there are times where I'll hear Raph, but sometimes I'll hear Sean Astin Mm -hmm. and I can picture him in the studio. But you have Seth Green. All I'm going to picture is Seth Green. And Robot Chicken. (laughs) Robot Chicken. Family Guy. And uh, Chris from Family Guy. I'm just going to picture Chris as Leonardo. I, I think it was a bad choice. But let's get off but again, that. we haven't heard it yet. We haven't heard it. it let's we, not do, we, let's we not do be... a sidekick's rant. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> do I need to chuck up Brendan's rants? No. Wait, I don't have a Steve's rants. Well, I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, shut up. Uh, but let's talk about, you know, the the animated series so far, now that the two series, the two seasons, sorry, have finished. I All I can really say about this show is I friggin' love it. Yes. I just... 
I was I was wary of it. The animation style, we've said it before. Mm-hmm. I wasn't keen on it. I didn't like the look of it. I was kind of like, eh, it's another Turtle series. If you hadn't have told me to watch it and basically literally told me, you, yes, you, you are watching watch this, this, I wouldn't have given it a shot. I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. The humor, the just the stories they tell, the throwbacks, the nostalgia, it's it's there. And the, the biggest compliment I can pay this series is my wife had no interest in watching it. Yep. She knew the Turtles growing up, but was oh, yeah. never a fan. She loves this show now to the point that I will wait to watch the cartoons with her mm-hmm. week to week because she wants to see what's happening. She loves it. It's and one of those I, shows I just, where it's I the perfect it. mix of it's aimed at children, mm-hmm. but adults and fans of Ninja Turtles yep. can love it as well. And just the it, it, uh, What's the word? It, it caters. To everyone's everyone. needs, like just I, I can't remember if we did mention it the first time, but the scene, there was a scene with uh, Raph making a joke about that's about as inconspicuous as a turtle in a trench coat. Yeah, like there's all these nods, homages, and yeah. and jokes to Michelangelo's reaching being for something and says "Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and the scene where they actually had Greg Sipes' head, yes, face appear. Like I wonder what I'd look like as a human. Yeah, you know, to the kids. They don't. They probably don't know who Greg no. Sipes is. They just see it as normal person. But we're like, oh my god, that's rack. actually yeah, yeah. It caters to everyone, especially with season two bringing in a lot of characters from the mythos. Yep. You know, uh, should I should I chuck up the spoiler warning? Yeah, why not? Yeah, chuck it up. You know, you've got characters like Slash, mm-hmm. who I've still got the figure of. He's one of my favourites. He's he's the more mutated, more beastly-looking turtle. Yes. Who actually comes out of being um, Raph's pet turtle. Which was seated in the first episode. Yeah. That's, they set up a lot in this show. Yep. Uh, April's dad mm-hmm. becoming Wingnut. Wingnut. Uh, you've got... Uh, Dog Pound, who was originally, what's his name, the Chuck Norris type character, yeah. became Dog Pound in season two, gets further mutated and is renamed Raza. Yeah. Very skeletal looking werewolf type dog, not mm-hmm. the big comical looking pooch. Yeah. You know, a name after the character from the second Ninja Turtles film. Yeah. And that's another way to liken Slash as well is Toka from yeah. the second film. He's like that. There's a, there's another little thing that's been happening. Well, also as well, while I think of it, in season one, the show that they all sat down and watched yeah. was clearly a piss take of the Star Trek series. Yes, and it was hilarious. But it would also tie into what they were doing. The th- what they were watching tied yeah. into the theme of, the of that episode that we were watching this year. Oh, sorry, this season they were clearly watching a Robotech. Yeah, it's a... Or a Voltron, sorry, Voltron. It's very much Voltron. It's a piss take uh, of the whole 80s manga taken over by American sort of genre. The Japanese uh, cartoon, the anime that's yeah. been dubbed mm. into American... Like, and they often make comments about it that, you they know... They call it that, out. They put they, it on Front Street and it's hilarious. But again, it ties into the theme of the episode they're watching. Yeah. There, I mean, there's one thing that... It that cracks, we're watching, sorry. It cracks me up is there's an episode there where Michelangelo finds a cat. Oh, ice cream kitty. And the kit and he's eating ice cream. Yeah. And he leaves them something he does something and he causes his fuck up and the, the, cat, the ice cream falls into the mutagen. And the cat, and the cat licks the licks ice it. cream. The cat becomes a mutated ice cream cat. Yeah. 
And he just kind of freaks out and throws it in the freezer. <laughs> and you forget about it. And then it's a couple of episodes later. He goes to the freezer. And you just hear this... Yeah. There's this like frozen cat in the freezer. And it, he and uh, I remember it pops out his its head and it licks his nose yeah. and he's like, "Oh, you taste so yummy!" And even uh, Splinter. Splinter goes up to get a cheese pop from the freezer. And the cat's like, and the cat hands, and it, hands it, to it to him, and he doesn't even acknowledge it. It's like it's not there. It's kind <laughs> of like you know, for Arrested Development fans, when Tobias like tries to go into the Blue Man Group, yeah, and he paints himself blue, <laughs> and then for just random episodes further down the track, it's not even mentioned. You'll just see a blue handprint <laughs> or like a blue smearing of paint in the background because he was painted blue. Well, it's like that. Well, see, I, I saw it as being replaced because uh, uh, Slash became like. Uh, Spike Yeah Raph's total became Slash They needed to have The pet character mm-hmm. uh, Look at who else They've introduced You know They've brought in Neutralizer Which I don't I think Neutralizer Is a new character I have mm-hmm. never seen him Pop up in anything Casey's in season 2 While we think Casey Jones Voiced by uh, Which is uh, His name um, Josh uh, Josh Pike Yeah Um he he is a Casey Jones that when I first saw, I, I was kind of spoiled. He's that younger he was like going, April too. Yeah. I was spoiled uh, from the first episode because they changed the intro to have a few more... Tiny th- bit. Yeah, they had a metalhead mm-hmm. appear in the part with Donatello. But right at the end, Casey Jones is down in the corner before the logo comes up. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, Casey's going to be in this. It took about seven episodes to bring him in. Mm. But Casey's in it. God, that kid's got an ugly mouth. He does. Uh, what's the Tiger Claw? Yeah. He's really cool. Like, a lot of great characters, new characters that I've never seen before that may have been there and I've just missed out on them or they've just simply made new characters. Or the developing of old characters. Yeah, the kind of cameo. There's a, one of the last episodes of this season. There's a character who is nothing... Voiced by JB Smoove, mm-hmm. who, who I love... Purple glasses, purple mohawk. <sighs> you know straight away, is that going into Bebop? Even yep. though he's he's capable in his own way and he's got his own style and uh, his own little gadgets and everything. Yeah, but the way they've seeded characters in the past and then they've become named characters, you sort of yes. think, well, the aesthetic's already half there. Yep. And going back to Slash, yeah. voiced by... Uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, who voiced Donatello in the first and third Ninja yep. Turtle movies. He he was one that took me a bit to pick. It actually sounded more like Michael Rooker. Kind of does, actually. But then he, there were times where he sounded just that little bit younger. Mm. I love it. it Dude, it's, it's, all it's... the nods to the originals. Uh, Wormquake episode. That <laughs> yes. spoiler warning is still running here. See, I stay away from... What's coming up? I don't read about no. this because I want to be surprised. And I've seen stuff since that said, you know, these guys are going to be appearing in an mm-hmm. episode. But there was a two-part episode. I think it was almost like a bit of a break yeah. that they took that had Different alternate dimensions. Alternate dimensions, yeah. And they sent Tiger Claw and... Oh, they, they peered through a window into the original... Animated series. Animated series universe. Yeah. In the end, again, spoiler alerts up there, they send Tiger Claw and one of these giant worm things to that universe. When I first saw it, I messaged you and I was like, you were going to love this little nod. That was only when you saw the window. The fact that they end on it and have the original four turtles all voiced by their original voice actors. So Donatello, once again, voices Raphael. Yeah. (laughs) Because when I heard it, I was like, that sounds like the originals. Looked it up. Yep. 
just the it was very Turtles Forever. Yeah, very well done. And they stuck with the whole Donatello having the crush on April when he sees April from the original cartoon. He's just yep. like, love the yellow jumpsuit. Like, <laughs> he even pays that April a compliment. Like it was so well done. I love it. I just I cannot praise this show enough. If I you have it. not seen please, the new please. animated series that started in 2012, two seasons are finished now. Mm-hmm. Get it. Yes. Find it. Do whatever you can to watch this. Season one is com- is available on DVD in Australia yep. as a complete season. The toys are everywhere in the stores. They are. If, you, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan from the 80s and 90s and have been holding off watching this show because you're like... Uh, it looks too uh, modern, looks yeah. too kiddified. Get on it. Yeah, I it's great. I have spoken to so many people who were... Like, I myself was really... Eh. Uh, yeah. I watched that first episode and was hooked. Yep. Hell, Roseanne, uh, Roseanne Barr, who you know I've been watching lately again w- with JB Smoove. Yep. Uh, he's the host of Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. and she's one of the judges. You know, he's voicing a character. Roseanne is uh, Krang Prime. Oh, the o- really? I didn't know the that. The only Krang that actually sounds different, different to the rest of the Krang. They're all voiced by uh, what's his name? Uh, Noah. No. No. Oh god, he does everything. He's Drake in Uncharted mm-hmm. and um, Cliff Jumper in Transformers: Fall of Cybertron. He's in all video games. Um, the only other cra- the only other Crane that sounds different is Crane Prime. Yeah, that's Roseanne. I didn't know that. Yeah, she kind of has that whiny yeah. whinge to it. But I I cannot recommend no. this series more highly. No, if we were to give it a Green Booty review, I'd be giving it 5 out of oh, 5. Oh, it would definitely be getting 5 out of 5 overall. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's got some lackluster episodes and but some ones. But even them, like, they're really great. One of the my favourite ones, like Batman, I the do have to series. mention. Even the bad ones are good. Yeah. The LARPing episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Turtles the LARP. The Turtles LARP. They make their own costumes. They have actually made... Uh, action action figures. figures of them in those co- uh, costumes, and see that's it not in there. That's not in there. a five-year-old kid's not going to know what laughing is. No, that's in there for people. Oh, our age. they may, but it's not really. It's more for our age because they find this. Um, it's a game, pretty much. They find a Dungeons and Dragons type game. Yeah, and they say, let's take this to the next level. Instead so of just playing the up. game, they dress up and go off into the sewers. Yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a bit of a Lord of the Rings homage in there as well. Oh, a lot of Lord of the Rings mm. homage in there. Mm. But no, it's fantastic. Mikey with his um special ring. Like, yeah. a, lo- a lot of it, there's a lot of Lord of the Rings and Hobbit homages. And mm. there's just so many references to other things in this show. And just, it, it's exceptional. It's great. Um, um, yep. But, you five know, out of five. Five out of five. But while I remember... We did see uh, yesterday there has been some things released for the new film. Yes. Uh, I saw one of these only this morning and mm. I thought, okay, this... this you thought, you thought it was like a little TV spot or something. Well, I thought it was a TV spot but more going for smartphone users mm. because it's a video trailer yep. but in a vertical format. It's only about 13... They're 16 10, seconds long. Each, each one's 16, 16 seconds, seconds long. long. Yep. 
that I thought, okay, so it's kind of like a Vine video or something. It's it's just those little quick trailers to get out on a phone where you no. can watch it. It's not going to chew your bandwidth. It's perfectly suited to holding your phone in your hand without having to tilt it on its side. Yeah. And then you showed me. And I, I showed like, you. Oh, I, I think I know what this is. I saw it yesterday, but I didn't get, get time to actually stop and look at it. They're motion posters. For the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film yes. coming out next month. The, yeah. Each one's character specific, so there's four, so one for each turtle. Yeah, and it's... I'm trying to think of where they would set these up, because in the cinema you're only going to have your posters. Yeah, no, but I mean, even the South Bank cinema here, yeah. they, they have... There's one or two where there's they're the size of a poster, but they're but actual, it's a digital they're screen. And, they will suppose, have, yeah. and you get them in the middle of shopping centres and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're these, yeah, motion posters where it shows some shots of that particular turtle in the film. And then ends with, and ends with a, poster. a still shot of them coming out in a kind of 3D effect. Yeah. And what would look like just a normal character poster that mm. you would see in printed format. I love them. They're fantastic. It, it, it's something I haven't seen before. No, I, I still actually, to be honest, I haven't thrown it up on the Facebook page yet. So when we finish recording, remind me. I'll put them up on the page. So when so you, you actually can check them hear out. this, you can go back and look at them. Look, I, because coming into something we're going to talk about soon, we went to the movies last night. Mm-hmm. We saw a new big cardboard standee. Yep. And I remember saying, oh my God, these are shots of the turtles I haven't seen yet. Those shots, that they, it was a big group thing, yeah. uh, you know, big 3D display. It's those images of the turtles that are used on these character posters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just really impressed because when I first saw it, I thought it was more towards the smartphone market. No. That you could just easily but they are quickly great for see. A smartphone. <laughs> yeah, if you could. It. And there are those things I know even years ago, those digital displays in uh, shopping centers and stuff. Yep. They've got QR code mm-hmm. uh, scanners, so you could go up and scan it. I don't know who actually uses QR codes, <laughs> but the one that got. Uh, that got me interested years ago was they were Bluetooth enabled. Yeah. So let's say I'm walking along and I, I don't have it um, enabled. I hate Bluetooth. But let's say I had my Bluetooth enabled mm-hmm. and I walk past this. It's just a static poster on this digital on this screen yep. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It connects with my Bluetooth and sends me the actual trailer, trailer yeah. for that. Like it is these, it's these kind of guerrilla marketing ways where they get you when you don't expect it and yeah. new ways of instead of just saying there to do it. here's a trailer yeah watch it before a movie and speaking of the trailer the new trailer came out recently we mm-hmm. saw a slightly extended version of it last yeah. night that had a bit more with uh, Will Arnett as Vernon Fenwick looking at April's ass yeah it's... hadn't seen any of that yet so it must be the international release yeah one thing that's got me thinking about is up until this trailer came out, mm-hmm. William Fitchner has been, uh, I wouldn't, I'd say confirmed, but he's always been mentioned as the Shredder. Shredder. His yeah. character name is Eric Sachs. Mm-hmm. You check out IMDb, he is simply listed as the Shredder. Shredder. Yep. So everyone, and you know, the first trailer that came out, he's talking to April, he's got that very you see him looking malevolent. At the armor yeah. And- so you think, okay, he's Shredder. In this one, He's talking to someone else. Who's in shadow, but looks very Asian. In shadow, looks of Asian descent, looks burnt. Scarred There's been images come out where people have brightened it up to show it. Mm -hmm. And he says, we're taking your armor to the next level. And then you see Shredder go full on fucking Edward Scissorhands and throwing knives at Splinter, who we got a really good look at. Mm -hmm. 
that actor looks like Mark Dacascus. Yes. Uh, if you haven't, Brotherhood of the Wolf years ago, mm-hmm. he was in Double Dragon with Scott Wolf. Oh, wow. Used to be in a lot of martial arts sort of stuff. I can't yeah. remember if he even maybe did a Crow, uh, one of the Crow sequels, took over from Brandon Lee. I can't, don't quote me on that. I'm, I might be out of my mind. It really looks, when the, especially with this brightened up image, I, I hadn't noticed it until last night when we saw the trailer on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there was this rumor of Mark Dacascus, I'm like, that looks like him. That looks like Dacascus. But then there's further rumor. Mm-hmm. Well, or, you know, uh, what's the word? Talk, chatter of who is he? Is he a Rokusaki? Is he Shredder? Shredder? I hope so. Or is he April O'Neil's father? Hmm. Because going back to that first trailer, yeah. Uh, Eric Sachs talking to April O'Neil, he says that's what you and your uh, that's what uh, your father and I were working to achieve. Yeah. Is it the father? Are they going to bring in that? Because mm-hmm. when you look at Megan Fox. She could have been slightly of Asian descent. Yeah. She could look like she comes from Mark Dacascus. I really hope they don't. No. I want him to be a Rokusaki. Yeah. He has to be. That's who Shredder is. Yeah. That's, I mean, I know there's been all this criticism, and oh, Michael Bay, and it's not even fucking Michael Bay. It's like saying Steven Spielberg is responsible for the first Transformers. He's no, he was an producer. executive producer. It's like people saying Don Murphy and Lorenzo de Bonaventura is Transformers. It's yeah. not. They're producers. It's Michael Bay's Transformers. This is not Michael Bay's trans, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No. He is a producer. He's, uh, who's the director? Someone Leachman or Leachman or something. He's done uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jonathan Liebsman. Jonathan Liebsman. Yeah. It's his Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It's not Michael Bay's. No. But I mean, yeah, that out of all tired the, of saying that. Out of all the criticisms, you know, thrown at this movie, my main question mark and my main concern was when I found out who had been cast as the Shredder, because I'm like, uh no. <laughs> Shredder's not a white American. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, we'll but see what happens. Seeing that new trailer of him talking to another guy makes me think, okay, they have gone in that direction. It's all been that kind of red herring. Yeah. They've gone the red herring. But look. Speaking of Michael Bay. Yes, speaking of Michael Bay, we went and saw a little movie last night. Little movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, dude. (laughs) But I think let's talk about it more in... How many green booties? Little movie indeed. Brendan and I went and saw Transformers Age of Extinction last night. Talking about it for months that we were going to go together and we delivered. Yes, Yes, we did deliver. Uh, I've actually already seen it before then. Emily and I went the night it opened. You weren't able to make it. I'm like, well, I'm not waiting, so fuck you. The thought of sitting through this movie twice, (laughs) I don't know whether, I don't know if it says more about you. I just, I I just, I can't, I I can't. You can't. I, look, I'm going to admit, I struggled. It's, uh, should I preface this? With? Well,. Okay, so I've been looking forward to this for ages. It's got Dinobots in it. It's, you know. You're a Transformers guy. I am the Transformers guy of the Geek Speak crew. Like, Transformers is my thing. Yes. I've got hundreds and thousands of figures of Transformers. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, all in storage, but that's a different story. So I was really excited for this film. Yeah, as you should be. And so, yeah, I went and saw it the night it opened. Mm hmm. 
kind of left it thinking, and I, I had said and that you left a week later. I had said that last issue, mm-hmm. uh, that in the next one I'd do a little bit of a just a quick little round up before you and I saw it, and yeah. then we'd just spoil it. Yeah, so we've, we've had a bit of a break. Yeah, because we didn't do an issue last week or the week before. It's been, uh, it's now been out. It's been for, out for about two weeks. Yep, I'm throwing this up. Because I am going to spoil the absolute fuck out of this film. The way that Michael Bay spoiled my night last night. (laughs) (laughs) Look at it this way, listeners. I'm going to actually put in the description for this issue uh, on iTunes, on Podbean, on Facebook, on everything. I'm going to put on the timestamp of from now until the end of this review. Yep. Because I am spoiling everything. Everything. If you have not seen this film You're and lucky. you don't want to be spoiled, <laughs> sorry, this is going. This will ruin it for you. Yes. So I'm throwing up the more uh, than Michael Bay already. I've, did. I've thrown up the spoiler warning. Uh, I'll chuck it. Like I said in the description, this is happening. I both love and hate this film. I come in on the second side of that. I have never seen a film where I feel so bipolar <laughs> towards it. I'm so divided. I love it. I hate it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It is fucking weird. It is really messing with my head. I can understand why you as a Transformers fan would like parts of it. There's a lot of stuff in there that's like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff where it just really plays, not only with my Transformers sensibilities... Your human sensibilities? Just what the fuck is going on? Can I just stay, say for a start... Yeah. I've never been a huge Mark Wahlberg fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see, I've always loved Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I'm I'm out. I'm even less. I just I don't know if I could sit through anything with him in it again. Did you like Ted? It was okay. Did you like him in Ted? Yeah, it was. I I didn't walk away remembering uh, him. I walked away remembering the funny foul mouth bear. Yeah. See, I love Mark Wahlberg. Now, the first time I saw this film, mm-hmm. I thought, eh, it was more watching it with you last night, where I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, Mark, what have you done with yourself? Yeah. It okay from the get go. Let's start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> can I just uh, for the people who don't know, this is a long. This film. Is, it is. I'm pretty sure this is the longest of the Transformers of films. It's about ever. two hours thirty seven. I think <clears throat> I felt like a lifetime. It, and now that is something about this. The first film was you know in its two hour twenty mark. Never felt long. No. Second film, no matter what people say about it, yes, I know it's a poorly constructed film. I really enjoy that film. I watched it again the other day. I love Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Dark of the Moon, yeah, it's a long one. And it was one that by the end was starting to get to a point where you're like, okay, this is starting to drag a bit. It's It seems like it's been going for a fair while. Age of Extinction, for pretty much the entire third act, I was sitting there going... Is this going to end yet? Is this going to end yet? Is this going to end yet? There we go. 165 minutes. Damn. So what's that? Two hours 35. Yep. No, two hours 45. 45. It is a long film. It's... Look, I'm not a big Transformers fan. I really only know what I know about the characters from the movies. I really enjoyed the first one. 
hated the second one, was indifferent about the third one. The only reason I saw this one, like I've said in previous podcasts, because the only you reason wanted I wanted to went, go with me, so I wanted to go with you. I regret going at all. Yep. <laughs> It's the kind of film I felt bad for you after just because I saw your face. There was a part, like, if I hadn't paid to see it last night, if I'd just been seeing that by myself, yep. and if I hadn't paid for it, like, if I was watching that at home, I would have turned it off. Yeah, it's... Oh, there's, for the first maybe hour to 90 minutes, mm-hmm. I kind of cared a little bit. Yeah, like, I was often sitting up straight in my chair, you know, I've got my legs crossed, leaning forward, mouth gaping open whenever something cool would happen, really enjoying it. But after about the first, like I said, 90 minutes, I just stopped caring. And and one of the problems is, and we touched on this last night after we'd seen it, mm. I don't care about the humans in it. No, because this is kind of, it's a it's a sequel... But it's also but it all, rebooting. It's also it's rebooting rejuvenating the franchise because they've taken none of the humans that appear in this have appeared in any of the other films. So there's so much time spent with these humans and backstory because and you've it's it's like you've got to do the origin all over again. And I just none of them are relatable. None of them I care about. None of them are great. None of them are good actors. I mean, Kelsey Grammer played a good villain. I'll give he him did. that. But Stanley Tucci had the kind of you were saying he's the like new John Totoro character. Yeah, and I, I like Stanley. He Tucci started as an actor. off really well. He he seemed a little eccentric. He's the leader of KSI, this big uh, company that is responsible for these man-made transformers. Yeah, he, you know, he's got that eccentricity about him, but he seems normal he's enough. He's kind of like a very camp Steve Jobs. It's when they get to China and then. Oh. To Hong Kong, I lost interest way. Before Suddenly, that. he becomes this really. He becomes the John Totoro character. He's like, he's asking his Wise assistant, "It's like, oh, him. I love you, or marry me," and he's freaking out and doing this. His characterization changed so much. In, yeah, in the short, I just Titus Welliver was great as a villain. He was the lead soldier of Cemetery Wind, Kelsey Grammer's thing. Yeah. TJ Miller, I love. I love him in Silicon Valley, the new show from, oh, God, my mind's blanking, but the guy did Office Space. Yep. It's a show about they make apps and everything in, you know, California. Mm-hmm. He's the He runs his household, kind of like Mark Wahlberg does in this movie. But see, this is the problem. Where he's Mark- like this inventor and thing. You're meant to buy Mark Wahlberg as this scientific inventor, and it's just Living like, in his barn in Texas. You don't. No, there's nothing there that says that you're this person. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. You're just Mark Wahlberg. You're you're meant to be this kooky fucking inventor, but you've got muscles the size of mm-hmm. whatever. Your daughter. He was a football player. Don't forget. Sure. Your daughter is. You know. I mean. I know they touch on why she's so because he had her very young. But oh. just can I just touch on the daughter for a second? If you want to so, touch on the daughter, I know. But this is the thing. I don't. She's meant to be this Texan girl. She's just you know around the farm. Like she's. She's come home from school. She's gotten changed into just, <coughs> pardon me, around the farm clothes. She's in fucking stilettos, these tiny little <laughs> denim shorts. Look, don't get me wrong. Well, Dad, Mark Wahlberg even says to her, honey, can you go put on your, sh- the, your shorts are shrinking but by the second. Just Cold like, wash, warm, dry. It's just like, you know, look, I red-blooded male. I love a good-looking girl yep. as much as the next guy. But it's so gratuitous, and it's just, it doesn't need to be there. And I know it's a Michael Bay thing. It's just like, fuck, just... I, look, it's a movie about fucking transforming robots from another planet. Yep. But can you at least have some form of just a little bit of realism? I to laughed it? every time she came on screen, would be walking along in one of these outfits, because I could just see you off to the side, tilt your head back and go... <laughs> oh, and, and I mean, and the, look, again, 
I love the James Bond films, so yep. I know fucking product placement when I see it. Oh, this is ridiculous. But some of it's just and retarded. Now, I just, the I other thing is, it. too, there's a lot that, uh, you know, the English-speaking uh, cinema goer probably wouldn't notice mm. because once they get to China, there is a lot of Chinese product placement in there. Mm-hmm. But even the stuff that's your regular product placement, like the Bud Light truck that gets blown up, it's like Bud Light said, hey, we want our product in your movie. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. They blow it up. Fair enough. Then it's spilling everywhere and they zoom in on the... The label. The labels of these, like, looks to be newly designed bottles rolling around. Mm -hmm. That's worse. Then Mark Wahlberg picks one up, cracks it open on this guy's car, has a chug, and then throws it. (sighs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's more. Look, I mean, I rolled my eyes when I saw the first film, and there was that fucking Furby truck. Yeah, you know, but it's like, eh, it's Hasbro. They were getting yeah. one of their products in there. Furbies hadn't been popular for about ten years at this stage, yep. anyway. And when do you ever see a Furby truck? I kind of roll my eyes at that. But this was just over the this top. This was and, full of it. Oh. But going back to like T.J. Miller, the one human character I really liked dies in the first uh, first act. He dies, and that was the point where Emily looked at me. She loves him, and she's gone. I don't want to watch this anymore. I liked him. To really put it in perspective, mm-hmm. it made me miss Shire. Yes, I said the same thing when I came out. And Megan Fox, and that's really saying something. There's Shia LaBeouf brought a level of insanity to these films. And that was before he was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that insanity is gone. These, this film is so depressing. And yes, the story ties into it. The Autobots have been hunted down. They've been melted down into their... Transformium, as uh, Stanley Tucci's character has coined the term, yep. so he can make his own Transformers. And they think all the people doing it think they're doing it to Decepticons, but Kelsey Grammer, as Adinger, is trying to get rid of all aliens. Yeah, so they think they're only taking out the bad guys, but they're actually yeah. taking out the Autobots as well. And so it's. The Autobots. That's just one of the villain plots in this movie. Or one of them. There's three different villain yep. plots as well. And so they're being hunted. Lockdown, uh, Adinger's asset, which is the Cybertronian bounty hunter who ties neither to uh, Autobot or Decepticon. Mm-hmm. He seems to be working for their creators. On another planet. Which is bringing in the Quintesson. To me, it's bringing in the Quintessons from the Transformers mythology. Th- there's too much going on there. <sighs> the But it, it's so depressing because they're being hunted down. Like Optimus Prime, he's been fucked up badly. Yes. Fucked up and then you know he he says you know i've always said i won't kill humans but when i find the guy who does this i will kill him mm-hmm. and he's pointing his gun at everyone and doing this he's a mopey prick throughout this entire film yes uh you've got mark Wahlberg just kind of traipsing through it but the thing Nicola is Pell- he's really the, trying and the, that's the thing the character i really fucking hate is uh jack rayner's shane yeah. Half the time, like, he's of Irish descent. He was born in America, moved to Ireland I when he was two. I you at one point. I'm like, is he Aussie? I thought he was an Aussie <laughs> when he first spoke. And then they bring it up. He's like, oh, where are you from? You know, Dublin, Texas. Sh- um, Shamrock, Texas. He call- Mark Wahlberg calls him Lucky, Lucky Charms. Charms. Sometimes he sounds Irish. Sometimes he sounds like an American trying to put on an Irish accent. Sometimes he li- sounds like an American Irishman putting on an Australian accent. Yeah. You can't keep track of him. He's the most disrespectful prick like, I'm not here to help you save your daughter. You're here to help me save my girlfriend. Yeah. Or, 
Uh, yeah, I need mouthwash so when I'm making out with your daughter in front of you. He's a fucking tool. I wanted him to die. Yeah. This, my, can I just, my favorite line in the entire film, I thought it was going to be, I think we found a Transformer. <laughs> but it was later on, it was towards the climax of the film. Fucking took a long time to get there. Yeah. But there's a, a ship above, you know, the city that's the, like the, sucking the up. The night like, ship is sucking up everything with a magnet. And yeah, Stanley Tucci even says, that's a big freaking magnet. Exactly. He goes, yeah, it's a giant magnet, which he says. So there's your exposition. Yep. The next line, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> says, after the word magnet was used, Mark Wahlberg goes, it's sucking up everything that's metal and dropping it. It's like, <laughs> I can fucking see that, A, and B, it's Mr. Exposition just yeah. said it's a giant magnet. Then you've piled on and gone, it's I thought, picking up everything that's metal. I thought your favourite line was going to be when he's talking to Titus Welliver on his farm. He goes, oh, you know, oh. do you have a warrant? And he goes... My, my face, face is, is my, my warrant. warrant. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. And then you had Stanley Tucci's character. Yep. For no reason at all, walks into an elevator where there's just a random Asian dude in there. And he just starts. He basically summarizes what's happened up in the film up to that point. And I leaned over to you because so much happens. Yeah. That you, I mean, I lost track of stuff and I leaned over and I was just like, was that exposition just for the sake of being like, just remember, this is what's happened. This is why we're I, here. I thought you said, is that exposition for the people who have fallen asleep and now woken up <laughs> need to be explained <laughs> what, what happened? That's what it felt like. Look, there, there are so many things wrong with this film, but there's still things I love. Like, the things wrong is Michael Bay hasn't been able to do his usual directing style. He hasn't really? been able to do... Well, he hasn't been able to do a lot of the shaky cam that he's used in all the Transformers yeah, films. true. Because he used the IMAX 3D cameras. He can't really do that. So he's had to do a lot more... I was watching this thing the other day. He does His films are all dynamic shots. Instead of yeah. shot, 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 dynamic shot, 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 something to keep you interested, it's just dynamic shot after dynamic shot with really fast cuts. Yeah. So it's enough time for you to know what's going on on screen, but not enough time to sit there and it get too long or but and leave you confused. This one, he does a lot more drawn-out stuff because he can't do his shaky cam. He'll be like, okay, well, if we can't do that, how about we do this? And so there'll be this really dynamic, picturesque scene, even in the action and the battles, that is just too drawn-out, where it's like, this is really cool. And now it's going on too long. It feels like Peter Griffin fighting the chicken in Family Guy. It (laughs) goes on too long. But, I mean, it's... Look... I do like going to the movies, like Todd and Wade say. I mean, yeah, I like, you know, say a realistic take on Batman as opposed to them yep. just wanting Burton I love my over. popcorn film. But I do like going for the occasional popcorn film. Yep. This, to me, yeah, going to see the Transformers fight each other on the big screen, that's fun. I can enjoy doing that. Which I can show you a video of someone who's cut 20 minutes uh, of all the robot-on-robot robot action from yeah. the first three films and just made it in a supercut. But when you're sitting there for... Nearly three hours in a cinema yep. with a story that's so convoluted and with mm-hmm. characters you don't care about, even by the third Transformers fight, I was over it. I mean, that that fun, yeah. it only sustains for so long. And a lot of the stuff just gets very repetitive and, and I mean, you're just like, I've already seen this ten times, this film. Let's be honest, these films are made, essentially they're made for kids. Yeah. I can't imagine being even fucking 15. Mm-hmm. And having the attention span to sit in a movie for two hours and forty-five minutes. Some of those people minutes. in the film last night, I swear they came in with a five-year-old. I don't know how they sat in there for people that long. People were leaving. 
Like people didn't stay for yeah, the whole thing. It's, but this is what's weird. It it it's one that I love and hate so much because, you know, the CGI in this it's is great. fucking I mean, look, worlds ahead of what effects, they've done. That's the what thing this I've movie always is. said is I hate that he's never been recognised. Uh, well, not him, but the special effects have never been recognised for an Oscar. They are the best special effects you'll ever see. The problem with this one is. They're so real now, but they've made them look more human. Mm. Even Lockdown, the thing that I love about him most is he's so menacing because he walks like a human. He doesn't walk. He doesn't have the gait of a big bulky robot. Like I said, Optimus had eyelashes. I I did not notice that. It really looked I like just he had eyelashes. Drift, the voice by Ken Watanabe. Is just completely gold face. He just looks like a human in gold face metal with some armor on. Yeah, I just got the super shredder. <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's it's good and it's bad. It it's made you distance yourself from them because you relate more to them than you do the humans. But at the same time, they don't longer seem so alien. But look, running through the factory and everything, the special effects in that were amazing. Like these giant robots running through the uh, the foyer of a building. Yeah. It's insane what they have done. The segment, there are some beautiful shots, but there is so much stuff that does not make any fucking sense whatsoever. No, and I mean, the segment after they were running through the building, yeah, or like uh, Mark Wahlberg's daughter gets you know trapped in this car and gets taken up to the ship of the bounty hunter. Yes, and they're, about, the to, night they're about to take Optimus back to the, to the planet, so they're leaving Earth. Yep. They have to get onto this ship to save the daughter. A, I don't fucking care about her. Yep. B, you then don't need to... I'm not kidding here. What is... It's like, what, 25 minutes? Mm -hmm. That scene in the film? They're on this ship and it's just... That was when I... I mean, I was already... I'd already lost interest. That was where I turned off. Even going back to the first time. It just didn't stop. First time I watched, that started when I maybe started drop. It was more as soon as they went to China. Last night, it was as soon as they got on that ship... I was bored. And I looked at... Because I'd seen the finish time on the ticket. Mm-hmm. I looked at my watch. It still had an hour and change yep. to go. And I said, oh, fuck, I think a big thing with me. me for that film is what I love about the Transformers films is Steve Yablonski's score. I've got all the soundtracks. He released it on iTunes, the new one for this the other day. I cannot stop listening to it. It's, it's got a pretty good that, score. It's very Dark Knight reminiscent. That whole scene on the night ship barely has any score. They use a lot more... They had... um. Like Skrillex worked with uh, Steve Yablonski. They had other electronic musicians do a lot of these electronic sound effects for especially that scene and that ship to but make it, it sound, sound very... Like a score, though. Yeah, that's it. There's no music. It's more just the Foley and the Atmos. Because the score wasn't there, I got bored. I needed the score to help me keep going. And then once they got to China, I was just like, will this movie fucking end? No. I never thought I would be like that with a Transformers film. And like I said, some beautiful shots. Like when the Autobots are reunited, I love the music that's going with that, Prime driving along. Mm. But just before that fucking happens, Prime has been damaged almost beyond repair. He's literally falling apart. Yeah, he's, he can't even stand up. He's coughing green fumes. Bits are falling off his head. He says he needs his Autobots to help fix him. Mark Wahlberg's like, what about me? Somehow in a night, fixes him up enough that, yeah, he can escape. He's still fucked up, right? Yeah. 
They're driving along the highway, and he scans his new truck mode. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I love. They've never done this, is actually show them change. They've shown them scanning, but not... They've shown them scanning, but not the process they'll of They'll go them. behind something, or they'll like, just appear. Bumblebee will scan it, and then just appear. Yeah. This one was literally him. It was almost like a metamorphosis from a cocoon uh, into a butterfly, yeah. a caterpillar to butterfly. You know... The paint chips are peeling off him. Things are breaking off. All the new shit's peeling out. But suddenly he's completely more fucking badass than ever. Yeah. Like, dude, you were dying 20 seconds ago. How is it you simply scanned a new camouflage mode has completely repaired you? Yeah. They do it with Bumblebee later. His makes sense and, you know, gets into it again. I mean, there's... um... Oh, shit. I lost what I was going to say. Well, the other one is the Poochie moment. Oh. Now, which I didn't think of. Prime could fly in the second film. He combined with Jetfire, he was able to fly. Third film combined with his trailer. This time, it's really it's in the last like five minutes. Mm-hmm. He has uh, booster jets in his legs, and he flies across the river. I'm like, okay, I'll yeah, that's cool. He's had stuff like that before. Mm-hmm. I'll allow that. Then he has his Poochie. Uh, I've got something to say. I must go now. My planet needs me. Fucks off into space, and suddenly now he's flying as a robot. Mm. Suddenly his little jump jets can maintain interstellar flight. What the fuck? And the other thing I was going to say, I know this sounds it's ridiculous, oh. because, but I mean, the the man-made Transformers, the way yes. they transform, they uh. don't transform like... They the, almost teleport. The way Galvatron of, yeah. drives along and then teleport... He transforms onto the other side of the road. But this is the thing. I'm watching a movie where trucks turn into alien robots that fight each other. Yeah. But I looked at the way the man-made Transformers were transforming and I was going, well, that looks fake. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. Know, I it, know that sounds so ridiculous when you say it out loud. Look. But it's true. I the, mean... Oh, the I, one I, thing I haven't mentioned so that painful. I did love were the Dinobots. When they but it took two two hours yep. and a half to get there. When they first came out, like they've had big Transformers before. They've had them in every film. Like you know, Devastator in the second one was massive, mm-hmm. but you knew he was massive. When the Dinobots are first released from the night ship by Prime, and he's talking to them in that forest, yeah. they are huge. Yeah, because they look the same proportion as the rest of them, but they are. Fucking massive. And that's what I love. They got the Dinobots right. They are menacing. They are ferocious. There are some great action scenes with what they do. Yeah. But at the same time, why the fuck do they have dinosaur modes? That whole thing at the start, the movie opens with uh, the aliens seeding our planet. And all that's the, what wiped out the dinosaurs. What's wiped out the dinosaurs. Uh, Sophia Miles' character goes to the Arctic, finds one of these... Uh, fossils mm-hmm. and you're looking and you're like holy shit that's Grimlock no it's just a fossil the the Dinobots are the knights that apparently Prime used to travel around with on this ship that Lockdown has since commandeered and turned into its prison ship yeah they're all locked up they're his trophies it's taken him centuries to find them according to him now and he talks about being all over the galaxies and travelling the stars and everything You've got four of these things that could have been found on any fucking planet. Why the fuck are they human dinosaurs? Apart from Strafe slash Swoop, who is a two-headed thing. Grimlock's a T-Rex. Slug is a fucking 
Triceratops. Scorn is a Spinosaurus. Mm. Why are they dinosaurs? Even Drift or Crosshair says when Grimlock first transforms, says, oh, crap, I was expecting a giant car. Okay. Why are they dinosaurs? I love them, but Jesus, fuck, I cannot understand it. See, I, I looked, well, you're saying that I didn't understand half the movie. Like I said, there's three villain plots. I mean, you Mega- said that felt like three movies. Well, that kind of was three different story arcs. Like Megatron is this is now this Galvatron, and he's got his villain plot. I thought he would come back for a fight at the end of the movie, but you pointed out. Oh no, he left a few minutes ago. I didn't even notice. Yeah, he pretty much so said he's mu- off to the side when so the, much when lockdown's being defeated. The Dinobots have fucked up all the human-made Transformers. He's like, oh, maybe now's not my time, and he pisses off. But it's just like, why have him in there? He didn't do anything. That didn't need to be Megatron. Like it, oh, I know. I'm, they, I'm they're just arguing him. about this film as a moot what, point. What they need to do is go with the next film. They have spoken about it, but you can imagine the cost. They need to do a film in space. Mm. They've opened it up for that with Prime leaving to find the creators and give them the bird. They need to set on Cybertron of finding the creators something. Don't do another human film because if you're going to have to introduce humans every time, it's going to end up like this. Yeah. I hate it, but at the same time, it had some amazing moments. Mm. The music, like the score from Steve Yablonski had me just jittery like always. It had some very, it was beautifully shot. Like I said, Michael Bay knows how to make a dynamic shot. He knows how but to blow shit up, I'll give him that. He knows how to <laughs> fucking advertise Lamborghini too. He that does. whole scene when TJ Miller dies and lockdown transforms and drives off. I said, wait for the Lamborghini commercial. Next thing it goes, you pissed yourself laughing because it drives behind the fire very slow. slow. And it's like, ugh. And you see the badge. And like, Look, the thing about this film, I have not seen a positive review for it anywhere. Yeah. But... As someone pointed out the other day on TV, this film is critic-proof. Mm-hmm. It has got the lowest score on everything, the lowest ratings possible on it's anything. It's lower than Revenge of the Fallen. Yet, it is. it had the highest, highest grossing opening. opening weekend of any film this and year. And it's the highest opening ever in China. It beat Avatar. It's like... <sighs> You want you want better made Transformers films, but these films are still making so much money. I guess because people like fucking you are seeing it twice. <laughs> You're not allowed to see this movie at the cinema again. That's it. I'm no. I'm honestly not wasting my money to see it again because at the cinema. it's just like they're going to keep pu- pumping these out because they're making so much money, and that's at the end of the day, that's all these studios care about. It is horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. I. I, I couldn't see it at the cinema again. It is bad, but at the same time, I still love it because it's Transformers. I'm on this really weird, conflicted thing. It's just a very depressing film, it, and it doesn't have the insanity and ridiculousness that the first three had, even just with the departure of Shia LaBeouf. It just didn't have that insanity. I wonder if in you know a few years' time, you'll have a feeling towards this film the way I did with Batman and Robin. Admittedly, I wasn't 30 when Batman and Robin came I out. I loved Batman and Robin the but first see, time I, I saw it. But when I saw it, I went along and, and deep down in my heart, I kind of knew it was horrible. Yeah. But at the same, at the same time, time, I liked it. I kind of had to like it because liking Batman was what I did. Mm. That was my thing. I couldn't really admit to myself 
That was shit. But that's what you could say for me with Revenge of the Fallen. But again, I only watched that the other night, and I still love that film. Okay. Like, it... Look, I think we need to give it a rating. Yeah. I'm not going to rant anymore about this. We've got a sidekick showdown to announce. Yeah. How many green booties are you giving Transformers Age of Extinction? Why did I give Maleficent half? Half a green booty. And I said that was the lowest we'd ever given, but I'm pretty sure I was wrong with that. We gave uh, David E. Kelly's Wonder Woman half a star, I believe. I... I don't... I... I... I'm going to give it one green booty. I, just for the fact that I don't... The reason why Maleficent was so low is because what that movie did to the characters to that and, I loved. Yep. I don't have the sentimental attachment to the characters. And yeah, the, some of the fights and some of the stuff was okay and fun for a little while. It was just the two and a half hours of other shit that was in yep. there. And even if it was the same movie and it had all the things that were bad about it in there, yep. but it had a, a 90 minute to... 120 minute runtime, I'd probably go with it. It's too fucking long. Like I said, I love my long I movies, felt and even I at the end it. was like, like run a marathon. "This is too long. When will this end?" So I'm going to give it one. Look, as I said, there are moments that I love, but I have to focus on how disappointed I have been with this film and how much of it I hate. Mm. I'm giving this one green booty too. Oh, wow. I, I thought you'd go, I yeah. think might go two, two no, and a half. No, I thought I might go two and a half, like keep it medium because it's a love and hate thing. I'll go straight down the line. I'm sorry, but my hate outweighs my love on this. I'm giving this one green booty. Wow, that's like me ripping apart a Batman film. <laughs> yep, but I think that's enough of how many green booties and Transformers Age of Extinction. I'm starting to get angry again. I can't talk about it for much We've got to wrap up this giant-sized first birthday Geekspeak sidekick. Before we do, I think we need to announce the very next... Sidekick Showdown. What's the next topic, Brendan? We said we would announce it in this issue. We're going to announce it. Our next topic for Psychic Showdown is one that's interesting and it kind of falls back to stuff we were talking about before. Yes. What would you prefer, listeners? Mm -hmm. One great season of a TV show or five good seasons of a TV show? Yeah, now we were talking this before like with How I Met Your Mother, Supernatural and stuff. And look at when I recently spoke about Almost Human. Mm -hmm. You know, it only got one season. It was a good season. I, I kind of wish there was more. What would you prefer? One great season or five good seasons? I mean... Or kind of playing with that, would you prefer... It, it could be, would you prefer three great seasons? Yeah. Or ten, lack, like three great seasons and then another... Would you have preferred, you know, that one fantastic season of Firefly? Yep. Or would you, would you have rather have seen, say, five seasons where the quality slipped? Yeah. That that's what I'm kind of looking at. This it's not. It's either one great season of a show mm-hmm. or five good seasons of a show. I'm also looking at it as: Did you have that one great season to start with, mm-hmm. and then five uh, seasons after? So yeah, there's a number of ways we can do this. We want to hear your opinions. Mm. Hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash TV, and let us know. We'll throw it up there. I mean, there's even, you can have the reverse. I showed that I've, Jess and I have caught up on lately. We watched the first two seasons and we enjoyed it. Yeah. It was Covert Affairs. Not I, I've never watched all, it. 
But we've just caught up and watched um, season three and four, and season five has just started airing in the States. Yep. Seasons three and four were fantastic. Like, one and two were okay, but three and four have just been, fu- particularly four, yep. fucking mind-blowing. It's done the reverse. Yeah, see, and Emily and I have been watching Fringe because mm-hmm. she'd seen it all except for the final season. I hadn't seen any. I got in trouble from Anthony Montgomery in Sydney last year about that. <laughs> did. First two seasons, we were power-watching. We watched through it in like a week. Yep. I uh, got to season three. Yeah, pretty good. I think we're on a season four now. And then I think there's five is the final. It's kind of petered off for me. Yeah. Like they could have... Ha- that's one... I, I don't know. It, it, it could go mind-blowing mm-hmm. in the fifth season. But the fourth one, um, the last two, I'm just like... You know, you could have almost left it a three-season show. Yeah. So we want to hear your opinions. Hit us up on the Facebook page, but also send us an email to our new (laughs) email address, the new home of Geekspeak Sidekick. That's geekspeaksidekick at gmail.com. So send in your emails. Let us know. Would you prefer one great season or five good seasons? Mm. Or any way that you kind of uh, interpret that. Like I said... You could start off with a banger and then it just go to shit. Like, what would you prefer? Do you want to see something? What, what What's the old Batman thing? Do you live? Um, oh, do, you, do you die the die hero, hero or live, or live long, long enough, enough to, to see yourself, yourself become, become the, the villain? villain. Yeah. That's what we're going to go at with this one. But look, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, what what are we at now? It's almost, oh, we're over two hours. That's eh, still, well, shit. You could do two of these in that fucking Transformers <laughs> film last night. But we're going to end it there. As I said at the start of this issue, Geekspeak Sidekick does have a new home at sidekick.podbean.com. We'll have you over for a housewarming party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From August 1st, Sidekick will only be found at that site and under Geekspeak Sidekick's channel on iTunes. Yep. For the next few weeks, it's a bit of a transition period to get you used to it. We'll keep reminding you of it. Mm-hmm. From August 1st, sidekick.podbean.com and Geekspeak Sidekick on iTunes. For all your oral pleasure. Until then, I've been your host, the Geek of All Trades, Steve Muller. And I've been Geek Speaks Boy Wonder Brendan. Geek out. <laughs>